You're listening to Coding Blocks, episode 170. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more using your favorite podcast app. And, you know, if you can leave us a review, leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, whatever your app of choice is, we would we would be forever in your debt. All right, and you can go to codingblocks.net. We can find shows, samples, discussion, and a whole lot more. And you can send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at codingblocks.net. Why'd you make the rants so fancy? <laughs> rants. It's my favorite part. It is good. Or follow us on Twitter at CodingBlocks or head to www.CodingBlocks.net and find all our social links there at the top of the page. And with that, I am Alan Underwood. I'm excited. And I'm spending money. That's what we all doing. This episode is sponsored by Datadog, the unified monitoring and analytics platform built for developers, IT operations teams, and businesses in the cloud age. So, uh, yeah, you're going to lead us in here, Jay-Z? Yeah, sure. So it's the shopping spree episode uh, again. So uh, sorry, Michael Tippett. I know this is your least favorite episode every year, but, you know, uh, this is how it is. And I think you got a keyboard last time. How could this be the least favorite? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, hey, Michael, we Michael and I, we, we have some similarities in our souls. <laughs> he doesn't like to shop. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, first, a little bit of news. Yep. Yep. So as always, we like to thank those that took the time to leave us a review, even when they're not so lovely. Um, so in iTunes, we have bold as love 88. And from audible, Tammy. That is the most complicated name I've had to read all day, and uh, let's hope it stays that way. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, so obviously we're going to be spending some money this episode, so let's get into it. So, uh, well, well, we should just say what we're doing. Well, that's In what I'm case, going to do. This, okay, okay. Yeah, go. What were you going to do? I, I thought we were just going to jump in. I was going to say, in case this is someone's first episode or hasn't been around for like the last couple of years. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so I was going to say that uh, in, for you know, as a disclaimer for those that aren't familiar with the way this works, uh, one, um, you might want to hide your wallet just in case because there's going to be a lot of uh, you know things that we're going to talk about that you're probably going to want to uh, buy that you weren't already familiar with. But when you do look at the show notes for this, full disclaimer: these are going to be affiliate links to Amazon. Um, but yeah, I think that was pretty much the big disclaimer, right, Joe? Was there something else that you wanted to to talk about? Like we give each other a budget and uh, try to figure out like what would we spend if we what would we buy if we could uh, if we had that budget for real? And sometimes these are things that we actually have already bought throughout the year, and sometimes there are things that we have our eye on that we would like to get. Um, and in past years, we've set the budget limit, you know. I think we did uh, maybe 2000 one year, 2500 the next year, 3500 I think was one year. Uh, this year we decided on 3000. Like if we had 3000 fake monies. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Last year was 3000. This year is 3500. No, no. No, no, no. no. This year's this year is this year is 3000. Last year was 35. But it's all, you know, made up money. That we just like, hey, okay, with that money, I, these are some things that I think would be nice to have. Well, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> uh, that's funny. He's got to revise his list. Hey, Is that as, right? And as a heads up for, for anybody that hasn't done this before, the links that we do have to Amazon as affiliate links, 
you don't get charged anymore for clicking them. It just, if you do buy something through that, it will help the show out. That's all it is. So, um, just be aware of that. And, and honestly, I have a couple of things that aren't on Amazon because I couldn't find them on Amazon, which was a shocker to me. Yeah. Almost nothing I have is on Amazon. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, let's get started. Well, um, so I thought I was going to be slick here and just tell you about a really fancy espresso maker, espresso maker called the Jura X8, which, uh, from the description, uh, lets you grind, dose, tamp, and extract espresso and steam milk to the perfect temperature with a push of one button. How did I know he was going to come up with one item to spend the entire budget on? I thought he was 500 over. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So I'm gonna have to dis. I'm gonna discard this and just kind of go over the fly. Yeah, uh, go go with this on this kind of seat of seat of my pants here. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I would never spend my money on this. But if it's coding box money, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to make my coffee. I don't want to go buy it. I just want to drink it. Hey, but but hold up. In all fairness, um, does this thing have good reviews? Uh, I don't know. Oh, no. It has no reviews because who buys a $3,500 coffee maker? Yeah, so- no one buys no, no this. And the people that do buy a $3,500 coffee maker don't bother to leave reviews. Yeah, they're not going to review it. They don't care if it's good or not. They're like, hey, yeah. if it's bad, I'll just go get another one. Yeah. No. And you think it'd be bigger, but it's like one of the sizes of like those Nespresso's or, you know, those pod things. Like, Yeah, man. Listen, yeah. if I don't like it, if it's bad, I'll just put it in the guest house. Right. And, yeah. you know. Right. I'll get in, on a different the West one. Wing. This is not for coffee lovers. This is what you get for other people. This is a gift. Yeah, exactly. $3,500. You're a baller. <laughs> okay, so is that yeah. honestly, that that's the end of your list? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> I had a second list. How much uh, of this $3,000 did you spend? <laughs> uh, about 10000 of it. <laughs> <laughs> the mathematician strikes again. <laughs> That's right. Get ready for it. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of funny business going on here. The mathematician. I thought I was being, I thought I was doing all of our lists. I misunderstood, and I went over five hundred a piece. Uh, second item is MacBook Pro. They just announced uh, M1 Max chip. You can get a sixteen inch. Uh, with the the big M, uh, M1 Max chip, it's a 32-core GPU, uh, 32 gigs of unified memory. means it's shared between the uh, uh, video and the uh, regular processing stuff. Uh, terabyte of storage, 16 inches, and you can get that for right at 3499 with no tax. So you're going to have to figure out how to not pay tax on that. That's up to you. But, uh, yeah, so there's the full budget right there. And I say that every year. I'm just like, just max out a MacBook. Although and this is not hey, maxed. But. Hey, for everybody that's been following along for a while, he says it every year, right? Like just max out a MacBook. How many times you bought one? Did this year? This year. One once. Yes. Yep. I'll tell you, there's a lot of things I like about it. Um they've returned to the MagSafe, which I really appreciate. You know, USB is nice. Uh, I like the keyboard. The smart bar is gone. So I've touch been waiting bar. since twenty thirteen. Yeah, yes. It's See gone. It. Yes. Yep. Very excited about that. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this year's model. I'm really excited to have it, and I should have it. Uh, it's getting delivered sometime in November, so I'll let you know how it goes. Awesome. I'm All right, so we're at seven it. grand of your 3000 <laughs> Yep, seven grand. And uh, that is something I actually would and did buy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty sick. Uh, so, yeah, so let's get into the fun stuff then, right? Because, uh, you know, it is the season, I guess. Okay. 
Uh, I thought it'd be fun to look at um, what you can do, like as far as like robotics, because it's huh? kind of like one of those things where it's a transferable kind of hobby or things that you know how to do with your like you know day job or uh, your career uh, transfer, and so you can do some cool stuff with them. And uh, this one is dedicated to Mike RG, who is a Lego maniac, absolutely. And that's the Mindstorm kit. Uh, it's three fifty nine ninety five, not cheap at all. That's um, you know American dollars. Uh, but it's basically a robotics kit. It's, uh, comes with a kit with a bunch of motors and sensors and you can kind of hook it up to a computer. I'm sure it's all wireless now. And, um, I, my school had one of these like a million years ago and it was nowhere near as cool as it's just a bunch of different robots. You can make it. Of course, you can always go make your, make your own. It's got really cool motors. It's got cool stuff. It's got like a crane you can use and you can program this stuff. And they've got all sorts of activities and labs you can kind of work through. If you've got kids or something, that might be a lot of fun. Uh, so that just, looked fun especially if you had kids it's awesome hey so real quick to piggyback on this just so you know these things are really cool there was a talk that was done at ndc london last year where the guy used one of these kits and he did an ai program of a self-driving car using this kit (laughs) and strapping a cell phone on the top for a camera so yeah you can do all kinds of creative stuff with this it's pretty pretty awesome yeah, it's really cool. And it's really beginner friendly. It's not, I mean, it's not something you're going to give like a, you know, six year old or something. It's definitely uh, more advanced than that. Um, you know, I would say uh, probably middle school age, they probably tell you what the age is. Well, they say 10 plus on the box. Okay. And they mean it. Yeah. Definitely uh, probably going to want some adult help on that one. But I'm like, I, I don't have kids. I don't, I don't want any kids like getting my stuff all dirty. I want to play with it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so kids don't wash their hands enough. Uh, so number two, so this, I happened to stumble across when I was trying to figure out like which kind of Lego Mindstorm kit I wanted. Uh, this thing is a Sphero bolt and what it is, is a robot uh, with a bunch of sensors that's in like a plastic ball and you can control it. Uh, you can program it and it kind of, you know, rolls around like a little hamster wheel. Uh, so it's got these motors that turn the ball. And so, um, it's just really cool to have this. Uh, this is basically the size of the uh, the one I got here is the size of a baseball. It's one hundred forty nine dollars, and it's got uh, like a LED kind of screen on it. it looks like about eight by eight. So you can do little things like have a smiley face or a heart or whatever. You can kind of program it to like roll around, and um, it's like it's just do cool things. So I just kind of like the idea of like having this thing like rolling around my house, like scaring the animals or uh, scaring me or whatever. <laughs> Now, there's some downsides like it's uh, got two hours battery life uh, and six hours of charge. So it's not something you could just have like rolling around behind you like R2-D2. But it just looks really fun. Did you see that uh, one picture is Pac-Man? Like, yes. One of I them is, see Pac-Man. has the icon of the ghost and the other one or like Pinky specifically. And then the yep. other one has Pac-Man. Yeah. And, and you really got to see an action. I mean, you just got to imagine kind of like a clear ball just kind of rolling around almost like if you've ever seen that game like Monkey Ball or Super Monkey Ball. It's kind of like that, uh, but you can program it to kind of, uh, it's got cameras on it. So you can like set up a little courses and stuff with like basically tape. And so it won't, you know, it'll kind of navigate the maze or whatever without, uh, you know, just kind of using a little bit of computer vision there. And it's got a, a phone app that you can use probably iPad or, you know, tablet to, uh, to program it, but it's not, um, you don't have full access to like the coding environment. So you can't like call APIs and stuff. So it's definitely limited and I would consider it a toy. Now, um, there is a smaller model that's only $50. It's, uh, you know, it's basically the size of a golf ball. Uh, and so that looks kind of cool too. But, um, 
uh, this is really kind of aimed at like kids and kind of getting them into stuff. It's also waterproof. There's some cool videos of like them rolling off like these kind of like marble mazes and like going into water and stuff. And I don't know, it just looks neat. But uh, it's like schools will do is they have this case you can buy with that uh, holds 15 of them and it'll charge them all. So you just imagine like opening it up and like doing little battles with the kids or having them like, you know, tape out mazes on the floor or whatever and having the balls, you know, kind of to do that and they're pretty durable apparently so people have like pets batting at them or kind of doing little ramps and stuff it just looks fun that's awesome i want to do this for our next game jam like we get three of these and we like have a race to see who could oh yeah yeah that's really cool and even the mindstorms are cool to have kind of a a lego jam with Uh, yeah that was the robotics that rvr looks pretty cool too though that the one that's like a like a little it's got little tank treads yeah on it. Oh yeah, little car. And actually, if you just Google robotics kit, you'll see a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, I was kind of disappointed to see like I wanted a robotics kit that just had like the motors and the sensors and like an Arduino or something. But a lot of them are like very um, cater. They're basically designed to make one robot, and you've kind of followed instructions to put it together, which is cool. You know, that's cool too, and they're usually cheaper. But I wanted like you know to make my own robot uh, terribly. So. Like a mind storms look like my, my best way of, of doing that. And you can buy um, different you know sensors and kind of ex- expansions to, to your stuff. If you want to make a bigger, cooler one, whatever. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. I thought robotics was just kind of a, a, a neat little take on, you know, spinning uh, other people's money. I like it. I like it. Wait, other people's. Well, yeah. I mean, this is imaginary money. Oh, sort of the imaginary people. Yeah, this this is the uh, the eight thousand dollar imaginary money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're definitely up there now. Yeah, so we're, so we're at seventy five hundred easily. So, uh, next section, uh, we'll call it. Uh, what was the first the section inter- called? <laughs> Robotics. No, the first section with the coffee maker and the Mac. Oh, those are my funny jokes. Oh, those are my funny joke <laughs> sections. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't. How did you not know that? I thought that was very apparent. Yeah. So, next section, uh, entertainment. So, uh, I uh, had a, have had a PlayStations uh, since the first one, uh, PlayStation One. That's not what we called it back then. We just called it PlayStation. And anyway, <laughs> a little. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, back in the day. Yep. But you know, as much as uh, I can make fun of that, uh, good luck figuring out which freaking Xbox was first because, like, they, there's no numbers. Sometimes there are, sometimes there's letters, sometimes there's not. Who knows? Sometimes they're all like named crazy. The first one was um, just the Xbox. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the current one is just the Xbox Series X or Series S. Well, yeah, that one you can't figure. But the first one was yeah. easy. Well, except there's also an Xbox One. Right. Which was not the first one. That was, was not, not the right. the It was right. actually the third one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Right. That's and three sixty was the second one. Yeah. So see what I mean? See what I mean? This is terrible. Nobody said they were good at math, but I I took the challenge of being able to name the first one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good job. Uh yeah. So uh Xbox Series X. And that's uh I'm switching to Xbox for a couple of different reasons. But I want to say uh PlayStation has the exclusives. A lot more of those are coming to PC. Now it's all the latest God of War has now been announced to come to PC, which is pretty cool. Um, so that, you know, that's exciting. Uh, and also, uh, those AAA games, like the, the games that are the best, like the ones like, um, I don't know, Last of Us and, uh, the Drake games and stuff. Uh, they're, 
they're like time eaters, right? They're like 40 to 50 hours. And like, if you don't make it to the end of those games, you lose a lot of the values. Like you're not seeing the coolest stuff that they kind of stack up there. The the best levels, the coolest interactions, the culminations of these stories always happens at like hours 30 to 50, which is just like, that's rough. I don't have a, I, I just, I'm not able to get there. And so uh, I really like Xbox Series X this year, which is uh, ringing at a 499.99 because of Xbox Game Pass, which is, I think I said this last year too. It's incredible. It's basically Netflix for games, uh, except the games are ridiculously good. Uh, there's a lot of kind of AAA, you know, newer hot titles, Psychonauts 2, Back for Blood, Scarlet Nexus, uh, Halo Infinite's coming out, uh, Bethesda games, so things like Doom, uh, Wolfenstein, uh, just free, right? Um, PC and Xbox. Also, tons of casual games, which I really like because there's a ton of games out there that probably cost, you know, anywhere from like 5 to 20 to maybe $30 on Steam. Uh, and... Uh, they're just really cool and really interesting. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of time to kind of research and find them. And a lot of times you kind of take chances on them because they just look cool or whatever. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Well, with Game Pass, those games take no time to install. And a, a lot of the AAA games now you can actually stream. So you don't even have to install them at all. You just kind of click play on like Back for Blood. I just noticed with uh, the other day. And it just starts streaming over the internet. So if you've got a good enough internet connection, you got it. Isn't that such a crazy oh, idea to stream yep. a game? It's crazy. But wait, did you get the Series X? Do you have it now? I'm still trying. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, they're still hard to get a hold of. Yep. Um, but, you know, one other thing that's worth mentioning here. So you did call out that it's four four ninety nine ninety nine if you buy it outright. Yep. Microsoft also has a program to where you can basically, it's not a lease purchase, but you, you can purchase this thing basically using Game Pass to where... You end up saving money if you if you sign up for Game Pass, the fifteen the ultimate one, right? Like fifteen bucks a month or whatever, and you end up owning the Xbox Series X over a two year period, and you get Xbox Live Game Pass, and you save like a hundred bucks in the process. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it makes the Game Pass basically free, and I think it's like ends up being like thirty four bucks a month or something. So where yeah. did you um, find it? Because you don't you didn't have put a link up yet. Yeah. In, uh, in the, oh yeah. Uh, so I don't have a link to that plan, and uh, I can't like that is only certain real t- retailers and whatnot. Yeah, uh, well, I meant just Microsoft. to the Xbox period, because uh, yeah, okay, because I couldn't find it available on Amazon. No, uh, I mean I can. Uh, I, I was going to try to link it to Amazon, but um, if they, I think they might have taken it off, and like Walmart still got it listed, but uh, it's basically scalpers, so people have it listed for like a thousand bucks or something. Yeah, uh, you know the retail price is the mandated retail price is four ninety nine ninety nine, so uh, that's the price I'm sticking with because I'm trying to watch my my monies here. Well, I think the thing that Alan's talking about is thirty five a month. Yeah, it's, yeah, thirty five bucks a month. You have to do it for two years, but that includes paying for your Xbox and installments as well as getting the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass. So it's it's truly a, a killer deal if you can get it, <laughs> yep. which the availability is still just garbage here in October of how, 2021. How much is Game Pass, though? Because isn't Game Pass like 100 bucks? There's two. No. Yeah. yeah. So there's a $9.99 version, uh, like on and there's also a $15 version. And that's if you pay per month. You can get discounts yep. for paying more. 
And the $15 version is the one that allows you to get all the latest titles as they come out. Or not yeah. all of them, but a lot of the the main titles. Like I want to say Madden's in there. Like there's a bunch of, you know, AAA titles that you get when they come out. If you're on the $10 one, you'll kind of get yesteryears, you know, AAA titles, which are still really good, but you're not getting the latest ones as they come out. So you'd save about um what well, what would that be about like six bucks then? Is what you say. A month. If you so no, it, <clears throat> I'm saying like if you bought the standalone Xbox and you kept it for two years and you got the all access, you know, the fifteen dollar plan that Alan was talking about, uh that is six dollars more than if you did this Xbox all access for thirty five dollars a month. I think you saved twenty bucks total. I thought it was more than that. No, it's it it's a good one. So if you do 35 times 24, you get 840. If you oh, do I did 15, 23. I had a typo there. Yeah, if yeah. you do 15 times 24, you're at 360. So 500 plus 360 would be 860, right? So yeah. you're saving like typo. 20 bucks total. Oh, but, I thought it was more than that. But still, even then, you're getting the thing just for paying for, you know, it, it, it's – it's a great deal is basically what it boils down to if you can get it. And you have games day one, right? Like you don't have to go out because yes. that's another thing about a lot of these newest gen systems, right? Like the price is finally – like I, I don't know. You guys remember when video games used to be 30 bucks brand new. And then they bumped up to 40 and then 50 and 60. Well, this year seems to be the year that 70 is like the new cost of, of a video game, a AAA game. So – so now you don't have to just go out and spend 500 on this thing and then go spend another 70 just to get one game. You have Xbox Ultimate and you got a whole slew of games that you can just play. But what am I what am I thinking? What how am I overthinking this though? Because if you bought that Xbox All Access, like the consoles last longer than 2 years, so they're not going to have a new Xbox out in 2 years. Right. Yeah, you can so, continue paying for Ultimate when it's done. So but you, you have keep to pay paying $35 for after the two years? No, no, no. You pay 35 for the two until the thing's paid off, and then you can continue your Xbox Pass at 15 bucks a month after that. Or not. You could also just... Or you could also don't. cancel it if you wanted. But yeah, you're you're only required to pay it for two years while you pay off the Xbox. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's awesome to have a game one. I'm, I'm glad you, you brought up uh, having games, obviously, day one for the kiddos to play or whatever on, uh, you know, holidays. Um I have one other item here, but I did want to mention too uh, that uh, also with Game Pass, you get uh, big discounts on games if you do choose to buy them. Uh, so a lot of times, so if you're a Game Pass member, maybe you get 20% off or whatever. Um, so, you know, that's, that's an option, especially because a lot of times the game, the base game will be free on Xbox, but like the DLC you have to buy or whatever. So right. it's nice to have that discount. So speaking of day one games, uh, have you all heard about the play date? I have not. It's uh, HTTPS play dot date and it's like a pocket sized. Uh, it, it looks like an old school Game Boy. It's got two buttons, a weird little crank, and it's really neat. Um, I don't even know what what kind of screen it is. It's got this really high resolution kind of black and white screen um, that uh, is reflective. It's supposed to look really great in the dark. And here's the thing about this thing. <laughs> it uh it comes with a season of games uh you get two games every two weeks uh once they start shipping shipping this thing you don't get to choose them 
just whatever they send you. Every uh, two weeks, you get. Did I say that right? Every two weeks, you get two games uh, just delivered to it. And then presumably next year, there's going to have. Oh, sorry. It's two games every week for 12 weeks. And then presumably there's going to be another season of them and uh, you can see the games that they're going to be releasing now. But there's something really interesting to me about having these kind of games forced on you in this little pocket sized thing. Uh, it just kind of reminds me of, you know, kind of being younger and kind of just being stuck with what you have, you know, and just kind of appreciating and having fun with it. And so uh, I think sometimes we get kind of lost when we have a lot of choices to what to play or what to do. And so there's something fun, just funny to me about like, it reminds me of like almost like shareware discs or something. You remember back in the the days you get like a floppy disc with a bunch of games on it and like most of them were awful and you didn't even know how to play them. But it was like there's something just kind of fun about just exploring and just, you know, trying to find fun with what you had. And so, I don't know. I just thought it was neat. And that's why Netflix is dead to me. There's just too much. Yeah. So this I is need three channels. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The first uh, two games you get, one's called Casual Birder, which who knows what the heck that's about. The other one doesn't have a title on the website. It just got like a weird clown thing with like a bubble coming out of its nose. Or so I don't know what the heck it is. It's a, like a, a tin man. Okay. Yeah. You see he's like got the wind up thing behind him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the wind up because uh, I mentioned this thing has a crank on the side. So if you go to this website, you got to see this thing. Yep. It's like a little Game Boy with a crank and the, the crank can tell if you were cranking it forwards, backwards, and it's got a third uh, motion too. I think we're kind of like you can fold the arm down. And uh, if you kind of watch some of the videos, you can see how this kind of factors into the games, but I've never seen a crank on any video game system. Uh, and so they're just doing weird things with it. It's almost like a, you know, analog control. So you can do crank it fast or crank it slow. Uh, gives you some kind of circular motion and go backwards, forwards. And it's just weird. So this is just a weird thing to exist in the world. It doesn't make any sense that you have no control of the games. You have no clue who's making these games. They're totally curated. You've got a, a crank on this thing that fits in your pocket. And uh, I don't know why this thing exists, but I'm glad that it does. <laughs> I got to say on the website, if you are watching like the crank thing with the Tin Man, uh, drag it and flip it around while it's doing it so you can watch this thing from all it's kind of beautiful the website's beautiful the price on it seems a little insane yep and it's been delayed a few times uh so i forgot when it was originally supposed to come out so uh you can pre-order it and supposed to ship in in 20 uh 22 and it's 179 dollars i mean it's stupid this thing should not exist yeah it really should yeah by the way it does that uh that 10 man game is called cranking Crankin's time travel adventure. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. It looks like when you crank the thing backwards, like it looks like maybe the time kind of rolls backwards. I thought you were totally off your rocker whenever you started talking about this. And now that I'm looking at it, it's we're sure you're off your rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting. I, I might be yeah. off my rocker a little bit with you here. <laughs> and I'll say this is something that I really like about game pass too. There's like a side effect of, uh, of kind of a, a more limited selection. Like, you know, the Xbox, like, Back for Blood just came out this week. And it's a kind of a larger title that came out. What's interesting about it is because there's so many people that have Xbox Game Pass, a uh, new exciting game hits. Everyone that you know that's also on this kind of game plan train with you, they're all excited about this game. They're all playing this game right now. So it's like you and your buddies 
your friends just got the same cool new game all at the same time and everyone's excited about it at the same time. It's not we're not swimming in this, you know, world where uh you are, you know, getting excited about games, getting into it, but your friends aren't into that one or this one's busy or whatever. It's like everyone's on the same train together. And same with this thing too. Where it's like everyone's getting the same two games released at the same time, you know. There's just something cool about being a part of this kind of social <laughs> the social experiment together. Can I tell you my favorite thing about this website? And and this is totally stupid. Yeah. But if you, if you flip this thing around, if you pay attention to the screws, they're actually hollow. And I'm super impressed with this visualization because as you rotate it around, you can actually see that it shows the color <laughs> behind the page All the way through. because <laughs> yeah. if you turn it in the right way, you will see the sides and you can actually turn it to where you can actually see the reflective light going into it. So it's not just like a black cylinder that you're looking down. It's actually got uh color to it. If you can get That's the light funny. to reflect it. Yeah. If you scroll down, you can see it's got a, there's like a speaker attachment you can get for it. It will charge it and you can kind of just pop it on via those hollow screw holes. I'm far more impressed with the website. <laughs> yeah. The website's <laughs> great. And there's a developer kit and stuff in case you want to make games and get on this, but yeah, it's just a weird thing. Uh, and I'm glad that exists. Yeah. They use it as cool. a pencil holder or a pen holder. <laughs> they do look at it. The stereo yeah. dock is a pen holder, pencil holder. It reminds me of like the little clock from, uh, uh, oh God, uh, Loki. Oh, yeah. It seems yeah. like something that he would like kind of transform into, like what, you know, hmm. to hide. Interesting. I don't know why that yeah. one came to mind because they don't look anything alike. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm up to plenty of money now. Yeah. Like eight grand. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, so let's get into, um, the next to last category. The penultimate category, which I'm just going to call health. Uh, so uh, I was running out of ideas here, so I just kind of wanted to pick some things that I like. And I got a new bicycle, like I don't know, somewhere in the last year, and I really like it. So I'm going to tell you about it. It's a Trek Dual Sport Three. I think Trek is now the biggest bike manufacturer. Um, you know, I don't know if that counts. Kind of like more like commodity kind of um, department store bikes, uh, like Walmart or Target bikes, or whatever. But as far as I know, it's the largest one, at least in the U.S. And, um, the stores, at least my, everywhere I've ever lived, there's always been a truck store within like 30 minutes of it. And uh, I got the dual sport three. I'm going to nerd out here on bicycles for a minute. It's a hybrid bike. Yo, so it's got, yo, uh, you got to paste the link, sir. Oh yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting. I got the link. You can't see my links. Everybody else got to nerd out, you know, um, virtually I, I need to see this. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's not true. Uh, if you are listening to this, you in a lot of podcast players, you can simply uh, see the show notes within the uh, podcast player. True, now, that true. said, though, Apple did make a change in iOS that that's no longer the case. So that's sad. Sad face. Yeah. All right. Go go ahead with the nerding now. So it's a Trek Dual Sport 3, and it's a hybrid bike, which means it's kind of, um, you know, it's a nice all-arounder. It's got a more comfortable geometry, so it's nice for people that are, are not serious riders. Uh, it's got some um, pretty thick tires for, uh, you know, compared to like a road bike, which I would see those things that look like um, basically you're riding on spaghetti or something. Um, so, you know, it's like basically double the thickness of most road bikes that you'd see. But it's also thinner than most mountain bikes. And so it's not going to be as slow on like, um, you know, concrete or whatever. Uh, it does have a front shock, which I like. 
um, you can lock it out. So you can kind of disable that if you're on more steady terrain. You don't want to lose the efficiency because that's the problem with shocks is like when you're pedaling uh, either uphill or just straight, like some of your energy is being lost in that shock moving up and down. So you lock that out and uh, that doesn't happen. Or if you're going somewhere that's a little bumpier, maybe some gravel, maybe you're going over some curves or something, you can unlock that shock and uh, get the benefits of a cushier ride, which is really nice. Uh, it does yo, yo, have uh, disc brakes too. What's the color? What's the color? Oh, that's the best part. It's lithium gray. Uh, it's this very dark gray, almost black, uh, with a uh, the like logos uh, in like a kind of a lighter gray color. It's very muted. And it does have some um, blue highlights. I don't know if you can really see it, but it's just um, very few like kind of shiny blue highlights. Oh, for the lock to lock out the shock. Yeah, lock out the shock. There's one on the um, what do you call it? The head. I forget. Stem. Number three. Okay. Yeah, and also the the what like the water bottle cage kind of screws. Oh right. Okay. Yep. It's a but pretty it just bike. Looks great. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, yeah, so it's got disc brakes and stuff. So it's really great for like kind of concrete type stuff. And but it's it's just a nice all arounder. It's fast, ver- versatile. So I like it. It's not cheap uh, as far as bicycles go. So if you're into bikes. I'm going to tell you it's about $900 retail and you're going to say, well, <laughs> I thought you were talking about bicycle, bicycle. Uh, but if you are not into bikes and you probably just spit your drink all over the place because a thousand dollars for a bicycle probably sounds ridiculous to you when you can go to uh, you know, a department store and target and get one probably for $50 for an adult, you know, or less than a hundred. But I tell you people, if you want to ride a lot of miles, uh, I, I think it's worth getting a, a nice bike. Maybe this one. The the hybrids are very, to me at least, I, I haven't read like the specific differences, but they seem very similar to the gravel bikes. Yes. With the only difference being that the handlebars, like the gravel bikes typically have like a road uh, type of handlebar with a drop uh, on it. And the hybrids have like the easy commuter kind of straight bar handlebar. Okay, so let me let me put this in terms of people who are not bicycle riders like myself. So what Outlaw's talking about is the gravel bikes have the curved handles, like, like what the you ram see horns, on, yeah. on the road bikes. And then No, not this, the ram horns. Those are something else, Joe. Oh. Um and then this, oh, the this one that he's got okay, here has the straight handlebars like what you remember when you're you know riding bikes as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about like the down curve the, kind of Yeah. I, yeah. I was yeah, I forgot like because the ram horns do curve down. So I, I get it now. I, I thought you were talking about like the add-ons that you could add on to like your straight bars that were called like the bull horns. Rip. Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I like those two. Yeah. I want some of those actually. So this is more for an upright riding position, right? Instead of yeah. like the yeah, curved is, ones, which where you're laid over. So this is definitely more for a comfortable type. Yeah. This um, is not an aggressive. Uh, sorry. Yep. This is not an aggressive ride. Right. Yeah, and it's not just the height of the handlebars too. It's actually um the geometry of the bike. So your hands are closer to your knees because you're meant to be more sitting upright than like leaning forward, you know, trying to kind of get that wind, resist- wind resistance down. So it's really nice for just more comfortable rides. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I love it. Uh and I'm I'm almost at I'm like right around the corner from a thousand miles this year. Holla. Nice. Yep. And to go along with that, uh, I also recently got a Fitbit Charge 5, which is, uh, I guess you can call it a smart watch. It's, it feels more like a Fitbit to me, which is not owned by Google, than uh, like a smart watch. So it like tracks my heart rate, and I get to see how I slept, and uh, it's got a really nice app that goes along with it. 
Uh, it does a whole bunch of other stuff too, like I, I, which I don't even understand, like VO2 measurements and sleep and stuff. And so I, you know, I never really know how accurate that stuff is, but I really do like the, um, the heart rate monitoring, you know, in particular, because one thing about the bike rides and I was going on long bike rides is like, sometimes if you don't eat enough or if you didn't get enough sleep or whatever, you can kind of get out pretty far from like where you need to get back to and just be kind of wiped out. And then the, the last, you know, half hour getting home can be really crappy. So I was always afraid of like, you know, pushing too hard on the way out and having a rough, miserable time on the way back. And so having the heart rate monitor has kind of given me a, some sort of measure so I can kind of keep an eye on that and know like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I've been pushing it a little too hard this time. Maybe we should ease up. Or I can say, you know what? My heart rate's not where it usually is on rides like this. Like, let me step it up a notch. Man, what rock have I been under to where I didn't know they were bought by Google? When did this happen? Uh, you were under a rock and then you got like moved from that rock and then that rock got. So, yeah. Yeah, it just happened. So. That rock got ago. packed away with was the information. This recent? Yeah, no, uh, 2021. Oh, so it did just happen. Okay. That's when they completed. Yep. But they announced it in 2019. Oh, jeez, man. So, so I guess here's my question for you. Why this over like the Apple watch or something? Uh, so for me, it was mostly just battery life and, uh, I don't have an iPhone either. Okay. So that was right. part of two. I don't even know if you can use Apple watch with a Android. It's much I don't cheaper think too. So yeah, I don't, it, I don't think so. Yeah. So it was $179. It's got great battery life. It doesn't do a lot of stuff. I don't even, I could probably get text on it or something. I don't know. I haven't even tried to hook it up. It's really all about the health though. Like, yep. okay, cool. Got it. Yeah. It's been neat. And I've been tracking calories and all sorts of stuff on there too. So it's just a really nice app. So it's kind of funny that I like, I, I bought the hardware just to kind of buy into the app ecosystem. Mm. All right. So, um, out of my $10,000, $10,500 uh, budget, <laughs> I gave myself, I've got $871 left. Do you? <laughs> Yeah. Do you really? <laughs> okay. I couldn't figure out anything to spend it on. So uh, I've got a recipe here I'll drop for uh, Dorito powder, <laughs> Cool Ranch. <laughs> and uh, I know this kind of flies in the face of my, uh, you know, kind of health idea here. But uh, it's basically if you take two different kinds of cheese powder, get some ranch powder, a little bit of tomato powder. I think it's like one other thing. You know, it's basically four, five, six ingredients. You got yourself some cool ranch powder and you put that thing on chicken, cereal, <laughs> I don't know, soda, like whatever. Like you can put on all sorts of stuff that Doritos would just never have the courage to do. Why do I Dude, have to put I'm, it on anything? I'm excited about true. this. It's like seriously excited about this. If you look at the picture of that stuff in the jar, like, oh my gosh, like, oh man, I just want to start licking my fingers just looking at that picture. <laughs> I mean, how excited are you when you pull that Cool Ranch chip out of the bag and you can't even see chip? Yeah. <laughs> because of all the spice. It's just great. So you like, you like move it up to your mouth just sort of real slow. You don't want to drop anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is fantastic. That's awesome. I know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow. Right. Heck yeah. Oh, and I should, uh, should mention too, I had a couple quick subs. So Xbox Series S, not the X, the S, as in, uh, I don't know shenanigans uh is a, a cheaper version of the x it's not as powerful but it's going to be just friend for fighting for streaming and casual games too so if you can't get that x and you just get tired of it like i'm getting tired of it then you might just want to 
buy that. No, don't do it. Don't do it. It doesn't have a drive and it's not as powerful. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's got a drive. A Is it one. S? Yeah. So, one. It, so it doesn't have an optical drive. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. an optical drive. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> so um, I'm curious because uh, let's see. You are now at uh, a total of $10,528. And you said that the first two items of your $3,000 budget were just fake. So those, that $7,000, will just knock that one off the books. So you're at 3500 35, uh, yeah, 3530 So even for you, what you thought was 3500 you went over by $30. Yeah, and so then, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. I don't know. Are you like, was that the end of the list? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's like for whatever my spreadsheet added up, right? Yeah, but how did you get the extra 871 here at the end on the spices? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Where did well, that come why from? Why were the spices 800 bucks? <laughs> so if I, if my, maybe I missed a paste, uh, but uh, when I add up my column here, uh, I get exactly 3,500. Well, I did have to add the price for the uh, the play date because you didn't have that price in there when you pasted it in. So maybe that was the gap. Uh, no, I got it. But, so I got uh, Lego Mindstorm, Sphero Bolt. Uh, oh, oh my gosh! I totally missed a whole section, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went out of order. Okay, wait, so more? I'm gonna go quick here. Yeah, there's totally more. <laughs> I missed a whole big section. Uh, so I got the healthy. Uh, I got. The the I could I don't know I got the entertainment and robotics uh, and uh, here I'm calling this the level up pack so these are things for your mind uh-huh. uh, and, and these are mostly services uh, and so I was trying to think you know always uh, try to be like a better programmer kind of advance that career or whatever uh, and so I tried to think like what if I wanted to spend some money on you know making money and this one uh, Coding Book sponsor full disclosure. Uh, educative.io has a uh, monthly plan and if you use uh, coupon code coding blocks you can get 10 percent off of 199 per year if you pay for a whole year and uh, we've talked we've talked about these so i won't give you the, the whole I, ad review but in, in fairness though i don't know if that uh code that ad is still you know that code is still valid because they're not a current sponsor so just in case i don't want anybody to like hey wait a minute they said oh yeah yeah good point. Hey, but give it a shot you can try. You can try. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, what I like about this is that um, they've got a curated list. And this is kind of something I keep coming back to. Where it's like they've got a curated list of like really cool courses, and it helps guide you to things that just are kind of hot and in demand. So, just by finding it on this website, it's like you know, it's something that kind of uh, is interesting to developers right now. And so, I really recommend it. In particular as part of this kind of level up pack for the system design and machine learning uh, kind of angle, everything else is bonus. It's all, you know, really good stuff. So if you want to learn something, this is a great way to do it. They've got courses, they've got um, text, they've got playgrounds. It's a great way of really kind of reinforcing what you're learning by making you do it. And as companion to that, I've paired it with a leak code subscription. Now leak code is a website I've talked about many times where you can go and do a bunch of problems and uh, the, you know, ranging in difficulty. If you are looking at interviewing a fan company, Facebook, Amazon, you know, Netflix, whatever, Google, Microsoft, this is the website that you want to be grinding on. Uh, 
grinding is unfortunate, but um, this is the way to do it. So if you really want to make some money, these companies are hiring remote more than ever before. So if you're, even if you're not in the area, it's the way to do it. If you do buck up for an additional $159 per year, they have some really nice tools like code completion, debugging, and some also some curated lists, like basically like, hey, go into Facebook, uh, look at Facebook, like go for this list. But the code completion debugging is really nice because it kind of helps steer you to things that maybe if you're learning a new language or maybe just some, you know, some good stuff that you may not find otherwise. Because otherwise, it can be really annoying, especially like library imports and stuff. It's like when you know the function you want, but you can't remember where it is, it can just be annoying to go looking for it. And that's not what you're there for. You're there for the algorithms, not for trying to remember whether it's systems.collections or systems.generics, you know? So, yeah. Uh, Finally-ish, ACM subscription is something we've talked about a lot. Um, If you do pay $149 per year, then you get access to the digital library in addition to all their other great content. And that uh, the digital library includes uh, the O'Reilly, what you call it, um, O'Reilly Digital Library. And I think this used to be $99, but they've kind of changed their plans. Now there's a $99 plan and also $149. And the $149 was the one that includes the digital library now. But what's up? So just a heads up on the digital library, and this is really confusing. The digital library is not the same thing as the O'Reilly stuff. So the $99 plan will still get you all the O'Reilly digital books. Um, I'm changing it. Yeah. So that was really confusing to me when I signed up for mine, that the digital part is more for like, um, white papers and, and like technical articles written for publications as opposed to like the O'Reilly publications, like books and whatnot. Okay. I don't care about that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. So we're, we're changing. So now you're getting nine hundred twenty-one dollars and twenty-two cents worth of cheese powder or Doritos powder. Specifically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, what I like about that and where it differs from Educated IO is uh, it's not curated at all. Like, it's tons of books, tons of content, tons of video, uh, lots of good stuff. So if you want to learn about something kind of more niche, like uh, I don't know, like a Flink or a Kafka or a ClickHouse or you know, I don't know, some. Um, Cassandra, this is a great way to get like a whole book and spend a month reading that book and studying on that technology because you want a specific job or you want to do something specific at your job. Educative is more like you're going to spend uh, 12 hours going through a learning Python course and you're going to come out the other end, you know, being ready to kind of get get started with Python stuff. Very and nice. I, I just had to throw in freecamp.org for kind of Free- if you're just getting into programming, like start there. Free code camp. What did I say? Free camp. Free camp. Oh, yeah. Don't go, don't go to freecamp.org. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> Especially not on your work machine. Sounds, oh, like, sounds, sounds like you've done that before. Uh, so, um, okay. So then, again, I have to ask because <clears throat> then we're at $3,987 of your $3,000 budget. No, no, no. I, I removed no, that. Right. You had an extra one eighty for the game thing, so it's uh, now okay. three thousand four hundred ninety nine. Extra right. one eighty for what game thing? Uh, it was Something in there was twice. the The monthly game plan was in there twice. I removed the second one. Play date was in there twice. So now, now you're was at three thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars. Oh, yeah. weird. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 
if we had been doing a $3,500, um, <laughs> you know, budget, he would have been spot on. It could be I went first because <laughs> now it's kind of looking like y'all made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shame on us. I'm not good with the hardware. What can I say? All right. So I guess then it's my turn. And unlike years past, I didn't buy a whole bunch this time. Like I only focused on a few different things. So I too had a like one throwaway thing only because this was last second. And actually I have another throwaway thing because I have to put out there. If you're looking at something like that play date for 180 bucks, like wouldn't this make a whole lot more sense? So I, I actually did this one on the fly. Wouldn't you just want to go get the steam deck? Like, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I want that thing too. Dude, that thing looks amazing, and it's four hundred bucks. But that wasn't on my but list. It, I just it's had to more throw than it twice the price of the other one. <laughs> yeah, but this thing will play Way all your Steam library, and look at the controls on the thing. It's yeah, but unreal. no, you, no, no, no. You've completely, you completely discounted the point, though. Like the point of that play date that Joe said was that you were locked in. I get like it. there, were, you, it. you, because you were limited, then you, uh, you know, would have fun. Yeah. Now you're like back to like every game on the planet. Yes. Which I don't know, man, this thing's just so sick looking. All right. All right. So I, I I'll go away from this now. All right. Back to the real list that, or my first fake part of the real list. Okay. You guys made fake lists. Yeah. I mean, I did it so, wrong. So I thought as, as I was confirmed that Joe Zach was going to say, I would just get a MacBook pro done. Right. So I have to counter that with this. So we saw Tim Corey at the Atlanta code camp recently, you know, good to see him again. And he brought with him this new laptop that I was like, Oh man, that thing is really pretty. And he had just gotten it. It just came out. It is called the Microsoft surface laptop studio. And it's a 14.4 inch thing, man. It comes with windows 11 and this thing is gorgeous. It's what I always wanted Apple to do. And it's the first time I've seen this thing come to reality. So when it's just sitting there, it looks like a regular laptop. But what's cool is you can basically fold, like click the screen out and fold it flat on top of the keyboard. And you essentially have a tablet or what Microsoft wants you to consider is their studio, like their portable studio. So if you've ever seen the Microsoft studio computer, it's really cool. Like it's, you know, this big panel that you can draw on and it's got windows. It's like really sweet. Well, this is like the portable version of it and it's got some real beef. Like you can get, I think it's the, um, 3050 RTX processor graphics processor can come in this thing. So this thing can be an absolute powerhouse if you equip it. Right. So, you know, definitely, if you are in the Windows ecosystem and and you're looking to upgrade and you want something that's pretty slick and just beautiful, this thing's awesome. All right, that thing, the one that that I configured on here right now is um, twenty seven hundred dollars. Uh, so you know, eight hundred bucks less than the MacBook Pro that Joe Zach just told us about. So pretty interesting alternative. All right, so that was my one that I'm not really counting, but you know, if I did, it would it would hurt my budget a little bit. Okay, this is where I get into things that I actually really do. Um, I drool about, I think about way too much. 
I've always, I mean, we've talked about it just about every year. We're always talking about different screens and whatnot, right? And I was watching Linus Tech Tips, and he was talking about an OLED monitor, gaming monitor that he got, which I'll share in a second. But as an alternative to that, you can get a 48-inch LG OLED TV with 120 hertz actual refresh rate that has G-Sync built into it. And this thing's 13, it's 1297. And for those that have never actually seen the difference between your typical LED screens versus an OLED screen, everybody talks about the blacks being the thing that's so amazing, right? And it is truly because when, when you're showing black on an OLED, there is no light coming through. So like on an, on an LCD screen or on the LED backlit LCD screen, there's light coming through those pixels, right? It's trying to block it off on an OLED. It actually blacks out that there's no light coming through that pixel. So it's true black, which really What's, matters if you're like in a dark room. Cause you know, if, if you're like on a traditional TV and it's trying to show like um, a black surface, then, you know, because it's still lighting up a pixel, then right. the room that you're in is still getting lit up. But with an OLED, the entire room would just be dark. Yeah, if you actually go view an OLED in a completely blacked out room, it'll look like a picture's just floating in the middle of the room. It's truly beautiful. But here's the thing that is even better about it. So if you're a gamer or anybody at this point that uses a, a flat screen TV like most people have, one thing that all the flat screen TVs out there, minus the OLEDs, are terrible at compared to our old clunky CRT monitors. You remember those things and the TVs is motion. So when you have horizontal motion on any kind of, you know, flat screen TV, typically there's like a little bit of a judder. It, it, it's not completely smooth, right? OLED does not have that problem. If you see it panning across a stadium of people, it's buttery smooth, right? And it's because it's so fast at refreshing that and you don't have that same jitter that happens on that. So if you're looking for something that you could double or triple, I guess, as a TV monitor or a TV as a monitor and as a gaming panel, this thing could be your answer, right? Like it's it's truly amazing. And at the price point, and and being a person that has gone through several monitors at different sizes now, I can honestly say that 48 is about the perfect size for a 4K display if you're going to have it about two and a half to three feet back from you. So highly, highly recommend checking this out. Now, if you do go that route, just know, depending on your video cards and all that kind of stuff, you'll need special cables. Like you can't just go buy any HDMI cable. You're going to have to make sure it's one that can actually do, I think, 18 gigabits per second. Like it has to be rated to be able to handle the bandwidth that 4k at 120 Hertz will support. So you'll actually have to look into that. So truly awesome. Hey, no. just one thing I wanted to add to that, because you mentioned G-Sync, but it also supports FreeSync as well. FreeSync so, as well. Yeah. You know, depending, you know, regardless, even if you're on AMD, you're you're still going to be able to game just fine on it. Hey, and, and the cool part about this is, is that means that this will work with your Xboxes and, and your Playstations and your gaming PCs, right? Like it's, 
it's truly like the best of every world. Well, um, and from what I understand, the C1 series that I've got up here, this is like the newest version of the LG OLEDs. The burn-in problems that used to be there with OLED is definitely doesn't seem to be an issue with these. So I would take a look at it. If you're just somebody that leaves the same screen on all the time, then maybe you don't want to look at this. But but I would say definitely check that out if it's something that may interest you. The the reason why I was trying to make a big deal about that the game sync, uh, the free sync, and the G sync is that like a lot of gaming monitors that you go buy, they're one or the other. Right. You don't and often see one that supports both. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, is the reason why your G-Sync monitors are typically more expensive is because companies have to pay a licensing fee to NVIDIA to include that technology in their screens. And for this to be in an OLED TV is pretty amazing. So now that I've sold you on why you should check this thing out, let me tell you why you might not want to is <laughs> the price. <laughs> Well, well, the price, I mean, the thing is, if you're looking at OLED, you're already looking at $1,000, period, on, on any size. However, really, the, the main downside to this, and this really boils down to what your PC can push and what its HDMI output capability is, is when you buy a TV, you're not getting display ports. And that can be a big deal because display ports have been set up to work with PCs like super well, right? Like if you have a 1.4, I think display port, you're good. Anything you hook up to, it's going to display the full gamut four by four by four pull down and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, your chroma key is all going to be good. When you're dealing with HDMI, you want to make sure that your computer can output like a 2.1 HDMI signal, I believe in order to push the proper bandwidth and color spectrum and, you know, um, sub pixel support to your TV. So, you'll want to look into that. And that is the one downside is you'll need to make sure that your laptop or your PC, whatever you're pushing that display with has that capability. And that's why this may not be the best choice, but I did want to throw in here. This is one that Linus tech tips actually reviewed. And I will get a link to this um, in, in this, in the show notes as well. There is a gigabyte, Aorus gaming monitor that is also a 48 inch. Um, now this thing is more expensive. Um, did I not copy the price? This thing is more expensive than the, than the actual TV, but it's probably because they built in the monitor bits, right? So if we look at this thing here, it's $1,500, but it does come with, with your display ports. Now, um, this is also 120 Hertz, um, you know, got all the same type stuff, HDMI 2.1, blah, 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 blah. Um, the one thing that you might want to watch his videos for. So his first one was like, oh my God, I love this thing. His second one was he seemed to have a little bit of burn in problems with his. Um, and he went in and was able to adjust some things to sort of fix it, but he said it was kind of a pain. So just know it's out there if you need, um, you know, display port type stuff to get past some of the oddities with HDMI and, and how they keep changing the standards on that. But um just wanted to throw it out there. Okay. So now that brings me to my next thing. And I actually did buy this. So I haven't bought these TVs or this, this other display yet, although I'm considering it. I did buy this. So I, I, 
I think I've mentioned in the past that, you know, it was actually Jay-Z and Outlaw, my buddy, called us up one day and was like, yo, you got to come over and check out the VR headset that I got. And he had gotten the original HTC Vive. And this was probably, what, three years ago, guys, I think? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Sure. So Jay-Z's like, dude, I don't even know that I can try this because I, I usually have, like, issues with, with that kind of stuff. And and I had very low expectations, right? Man, I, I promise you, I think all of us put this thing on and we were like, I need it. Like, I, I need this in my life. And and I went and bought the original one. I, I had to have it. Well, the HTC Vive Pro 2 came out this year. And the resolution is 5K. Um, they switched from an OLED panel to an LCD panel, so you don't get the deep, dark blacks anymore. But the field of view is bigger. And, oh, man, is it just incredible. You are surrounded in whatever environment you're in. And the experience is just amazing. Now there are some downsides to it. They have what's called like the, uh, the, the God halo effect or something where if you are looking at a completely dark screen with like some light text on it, because of the Fresnel lenses in it, you'll actually see some halo effects. It's not noticeable during most gameplay, but you'll see it on menu screens and stuff, which is a little irritating. But for the most part, this thing met most of my expectations. I don't love the speakers that came with it. Um, the headphones that came with it, they're not as good as what the head strap used to be on the old HTC Vive, And the price is a little steep at, at 800 bucks for just the headset. But the experience outside of pro, um, pro level headsets that cost like three grand, this thing is absolutely phenomenal and will immerse you into the VR world. That is just amazing. So you probably ask him, well, why, why are you doing this on a developer type show? So first off, it's just amazing, right? Like most developers like playing games or a lot of developers like playing games. So it's cool from that aspect, but I've also wanted to at some point crack open a unity and mess with it because unity is, is already set up to be able to do VR stuff. And it's, it's built into the framework. You can get started. There's tutorials out there. And I have honestly thought about trying to do something with it. I haven't gotten to it yet, but maybe one day. And let me know when you do. I've been playing with it a lot lately. It, I love it. It's Unity. so good. Yeah. Man, it's so good. you need to get you an HTC Vive Pro 2, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and, and, and I will mention... I bought this over something like the quest Two because I am not logging into Facebook every time I want to play a video game and, and have them track everything that I'm doing. I just, no, I can't do it. So I will probably never own the quest Two, even though it's one of the highest rated ones out there. So with that, well, how are you going to get on the Oasis then? If you're not uh, going to get the, yeah, I can't do it. Apparently (laughs) I will never be on the Oasis. We'll see who gets that reference. I do. It's Ready Player One. Oh, you weren't um, supposed to say it, Alan. Oh, First sorry. of all, I don't get it. Mute me. Um, <sighs> all right. So here's the other thing, and I actually held off on buying these. So there are the the controllers that come with the HTC Vive, the original one. They were okay. I mean, 
They've been around for a few years now and they get the job done. But if you want a truly, truly immersive experience, one where it tracks your fingers when when you're doing things, like you don't even have to hold these controllers. You strap them to your hands. And when you're doing things in the game, like Arizona Sunshine, man, that game is so fun. You're basically shooting zombies, right? Like they're sneaking up on you. You hear them coming in your ears. If you want to pick something up, you grab it. You close your hand and you grab it. And there's like this this tactile feedback when you're doing that stuff to where you are, your mind is tricked into you're doing it. And if you close a finger on the controller, you'll see it move in real life. It's absolutely amazing. So these controllers are $279 for the pair, which honestly seems a little obscene, right? Like it's, it's a little over the top, but it does add to the experience so much so that I have to recommend it. And with that $279, you also get a copy of Half-Life Alex, which is a $60 game. So really you're paying 220 bucks for it. But in Half-Life Alex is seriously, if you get the headset, you must experience this game. It is mind boggling. It's just amazing. So um, that is one. All right. So. Now, my next thing up is I'm switching gears. I didn't put things into categories like Jay-Z did, although I probably should have looking I'm, back on I'm this. I'm confused because even you're over budget. You're at 6500 No, no, man. I told you the Microsoft Surface one didn't really count. And then the Gigabyte. Okay, well, then you're at 3800 No, no. And then the Gigabyte, Um, I didn't buy two monitors. I'm just saying if you need a display port, you can use the Gigabyte. That one oh, don't count Oh, oh, that one right, was an right. honorable mention. I got you. Yes, that was in case you need that. I would actually go after the uh, the OLED TV first. All right, so, yes. Uh, all right, so both those things out of the way. We're, I'm not over budget yet. Yes. Um, yes. Um, the Kines, all right, so if anybody's been following our YouTube channel, you know that um, I was on a roll doing some keyboard reviews, but now I'm homeless. So um, I don't have anywhere to record reviews at the moment, so I've actually been pressing pause on it. But I've gone through several keyboards and last year, both Outlaw and myself recommended the Moonlander because it looked amazing. We've both now tried it, and I still like it, but of all the keyboards I've tried so far, the one that I fell in love with the most after I got used to it was the Kinesis Advantage 2. So here's my selling point to you. It's expensive. It, the one that I've got here is $339. That's the one with the silent key switches, which Outlaw hates, and they're very linear. They're kind of spongy feeling. Um, I don't love the way that particular key switch feels, but there's only two options. There's the clicky ones, and then there's the spongy ones. I, I need quiet. I don't want the clicky ones. But here's my selling point to you. It's 340 bucks. Most keyboards I've ever gotten, I've used for at least six years, right? So if you were to divide that out for how much you'd spend over a six-year period for that thing, you're looking at a little more than 50 bucks a year. And I'm pretty sure this thing would last even longer. It is built so well. But here's the real thing for developers. The way that they've laid out that keyboard is truly truly the best ergonomic experience that I've had so far, meaning you move your fingers the least amount of any keyboard I've ever tried. Your arms are separated 
to a degree to where if you're, I guess, an average build, I, I don't know the best way to put this, but your hands are separated enough to where they're not crunched up together to where you're, you know, jacking your wrist at crazy angles to make that stuff happen. It's a natural feel. And once you get used to it, you can type incredibly fast on that thing and it just feels nice. So I, I take back my recommendation of the Moonlander from last year and I replace it with this. All right, so now I'm down to the last couple. Um, we've talked about this in the past. You can't game on this keyboard. Y- yeah, it's not a gaming keyboard. I- I'll give you that. You could game on it, but nope. I don't know you that absolutely it would be can't. all that fun. No? You absolutely can't game on this keyboard. The space Why? is on the wrong side. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it would be hard. You'd have to it like be very hard. every game you'd have to like remap your your space bar. Yeah, if you're a gamer, probably not. If you're just doing it for coding, this keyboard is fantastic. Or if you do a lot of typing, document typing type stuff, it's it's amazing. Just get an Xbox. Yeah, just get an Xbox. Agree. Get a, get a and real the controller. controller. The controller yeah, get a real controller. PC. For sure. Hey, oh, by the way, that's why I would get the PS5 over the Xbox Series X. I didn't say this earlier, but the controllers on the PS5 are just amazing. All right. So I digress. Um. So we've all drooled over various NVMEs and, you know, storage as they've gotten faster over the years. I remember when, when we were talking about the first Samsungs that came out that had like 2,500 megabytes per second writes and reads. And we were like, Oh my goodness, check this out. So you can get a Corsair MP600 core two terabyte NVMe PCIe X4. Um, SSD, this thing has a 4,950 megabytes per second read and a 3,700 megabytes per second sequential write rating for $240. That is insane. So, man, like, this is, by the way, guys, this is what disgusts me about when you go to spec out one of the Apple MacBook Pros. To upgrade from one terabyte to two terabytes is a $400 increase in price. You can buy more things to solder in. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) you can buy a two terabyte, 4,950 megabyte per second read drive for 240 bucks. But yet they're going to gouge you $400 to double the space from one terabyte to two. That's, It drives me crazy. But at any rate, if you're doing any kind of video editing, like anything that where speed will save you time and, and give you quality results, man, this is a killer deal. Um, yeah. Unrelated. No, I'm not, I'm, I am by no means trying to accuse Corsair of this, but uh, have you heard about some of the dirty things that SSD manufacturers have been doing though? No. Where where they have uh, they've been caught and I I, I don't Cheap. remember this yeah definitely uh, I don't remember like who it was or, or like where I read it um, otherwise I'd provide a link to you guys but there was there was an article and that they talked about it I think on like a Security Now episode or someone recently where the manufacturers were caught uh, giving the reviewers one thing and then after they would write their reviews they would uh, you know over time ship some they'd be shipping something else 
Oh man. And and their justification for like swapping out parts was because of um the supply chain issues and whatnot. Oh, that's garbage. And so rather than like changing the model number, or giving the buyer any indication that, Hey, this thing isn't going to live up to the reviews of what you, you previously saw. They just kept going with the same, same model number. Yeah. It was, it was total dirty. It was very dirty. I mean, I will say on that, that's terrible. Um, at least with Amazon, if you are on the product page itself, a lot of times, and this is what I do before I go buy one of these things, I'll scroll down and look at the customer images because a lot of times there will be customers that run it through Crystal Mark or something like that yep. to, to where they'll show you the actual read-write numbers and all that. So you'll know what you're getting is, is well, decent or not. So Where I thought uh, you were... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Where I thought you were going to go with that though, it was to sort by most recent of the reviews. You can do that too. Yeah. Because sometimes they'll, they'll go out in lots that are, you know, garbage. So, but yeah, definitely go down and look at the customer reviews and I would do exactly what outlaw saying, you know, sort by most recent and look at the images for those things so that you can see if people have been doing the pass marks and all that. All right, so right now, right now, my total is two thousand nine hundred and fifty-four, and I ended up going over budget on this because it's funny when when Jay Z said that he was going to do a robotic section. I too have been wanting to do this for a long time, and I just haven't gotten around to it. So this little bit right here puts me over budget by seventeen dollars, but I did it anyways because you know whatever. Um, so this is the Arduino Ultimate Starter Kit. And this thing looks really cool, and it's sixty three bucks. And I mean, I don't even know how many pieces it comes with. It's ridiculous, but it's got screens. It's got it's got all kinds of motors, button switches, like just all kinds of stuff. So you could play around and create some pretty cool projects. Like I've been thinking for a while, I would love to create some sort of project where I had like motorized window blinds, right? Um, for you know if i have a theater room to where you know i turn on i turn on the projector and when i hit that button then it also triggers this thing to close the blinds or something right i know that you can buy that stuff but it'd be really fun to program it so at any rate this thing looked like a whole lot of fun for uh 63 bucks and it's got 5023 ratings with a 4.7 out of 5 stars so i figure you know what i'm going to toss that in there so with that that is my slightly overblown $3,000 budget for 2021. So you've got like a TV remote there. That looks fun. You're like controlling things around the house with a little number pad. Wouldn't that be cool? And I mean, yep. you can program all this stuff. So yeah, man, this, this really does look like it could be a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, looks like I won the shopping spree this year because <laughs> you went um, under. <laughs> I did not go over like you guys did, so I'm just saying. I'm not, I go not trying much, to brag. Man. Hey, man, I, we've lost seventeen dollars in the in the sofa somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just saying. This episode is sponsored by Datadog, the monitoring platform for cloud scale infrastructure and applications. Datadog provides customizable dashboards, log management, and machine learning based alerts in one fully integrated platform so you can seamlessly navigate, pinpoint, and resolve performance issues in context. Monitor all your databases, cloud services, containers, and serverless functions in one place 
with Datadog's 450-plus vendor-backed integrations. If an outage occurs, Datadog provides seamless navigation between your logs, infrastructure metrics, and application traces in just a few clicks to minimize downtime. You know, we mentioned 450-plus vendor-backed integrations. Uh, that's awesome. Do you know you can also just create your own? Uh, so if you have your own metrics that you care about, they're just custom or specific to your business, and that's uh, easy to set up with Datadog so you can monitor that stuff and also tie it in with those other uh, 450-plus vendor-backed integrations. And uh, this episode, we're talking a lot about, uh, you know, shopping and spending money and whatnot. Uh, cloud, uh, it's really easy to monitor your cloud spending with Datadog as well. It's uh, great. You know, and we're always talking about their blog too. So while you're checking out Datadog, you should probably like poke around at their blog because it's an amazing resource of uh, you know, whatever you might want to monitor. They've got more than like, they. I'm sure they've got three articles at least on that topic. But I just found this other new section that I hadn't really like paid attention to before uh, called the Pup Culture. Did you know they have a hackathon or at least they had one for 2020? So it's going to be curious to see if they have a hackathon in uh, 2021 and see what comes of that. But yeah, they, they, in that section, they have, uh, you know, an mention of their internship program. They have, uh, COVID resources where they've been, you know, uh, what they've been doing there and like how that's been working for them. Just it, information about them as a company, you get to know them and they're just such a great company and put out some, such, uh, great information to us. So, you know, it's worth, it's worth your time to go check it out. If you try it yourself today by starting a free 14-day trial, you can receive a Datadog t-shirt after installing the agent. Again, so you want to visit datadoghq.com slash coding blocks to see how you can enhance visibility into your stack with Datadog. All right. Well, uh, it's that time of the show where um, I think I'm going to give up on the radio voices. So, uh, you know, you're welcome, Internet. And instead, I'm going to say like, hey, you know, if you haven't already left us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. You can find some helpful links at www.codingblocks.net slash review. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we really do appreciate reading those and we appreciate you taking the time to leave those reviews. And so with that, we head into my favorite portion of the show. Survey says. All right. So. Uh, every time you guys try to make fun of me, the <laughs> well, way I, do I, don't, that. I, don't I see you, I see your faces. <laughs> I'm not blind. Uh, you got to get like the p- proper Doppler effect, you know, with the, the movement. Totally. Totally. Uh, okay. So uh, a few episodes back, we asked, Hey, for your next laptop, are you leaning? And oh, by the way, this is rather uh, topical considering, uh, both of the shopping lists that you two have presented so far, as well as the recent announcements from Apple. So for your next laptop, are you leaning something with windows 11? It'll be fine. Or something with Apple, Apple silicone. It'll probably be fine. Or something running some Linux distribution app install. Fine. Or probably a Chromebook. It's good enough. Or laptop. I'll stick with my desktop. I don't go anywhere anyways. All right. So, uh, this is 170. So, uh, Tetco's trademarked, uh, rules of engagement. Joe, you are up first. Oh, geez. This is tough. Uh, I think, 
Oh, uh, so something with Windows 11. It'll be fine with uh, 37%. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? You did me wrong last time, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I believe it's also something with Windows 11. It'll be fine at 38%. Okay. Ooh, all right. I'll go 39. I'll give you some buffer. All right. 40. I'm going to regret 40 that. Even. 40. We'll go 40. 40. Take backs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, okay. Uh, well, no take backs have been engaged. So therefore, we have to call the game there. And uh, Joe goes with something with Windows 11. It'll be fine with 37% of the vote. And Alan is locked in at uh, something with Windows 11. It'll be fine at 40% of the vote. Yeah, no take backs, apparently. <laughs> right, right, right. That's why you're locked in. Yep. That's right. Yep. Well, you're both kind of right, but you're okay. also both kind of wrong. Oh. So possible. You can, you know, because I learned uh, from a very wise woman one time that sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes <laughs> when you lose, you really win. Wow. I see Alan trying to think through like, what is this reference to? I got, I got nothing, man. You, you don't remember the movie, uh, white men can't jump. I never saw it. And what was oh. of all people, uh, I know. Rosie Perez, I believe was yeah. the never saw actress. Yeah. Woody Allen. Yeah. Right? Woody Allen. Yeah. Uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it would have been funnier to see Woody Allen doing it, but it yes, it was been. Woody Harrelson and uh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, it was Woody. Okay, yeah, yeah, and Rosie Perez. But never saw it. I I don't understand that. As as a fan of basketball, how did you miss that movie? You need. I don't. Know. There's your homework assignment, yeah. sir. Yes, I dressed like Wesley Snipes in that movie for like a good five years of my life. <laughs> in his car. Can we talk about his car for a moment? I don't like that's so over exactly. It's so overlooked and and not even really mentioned, but he drove a vintage 1970s, like classic Smokey and the Bandit, Burt Reynolds, Pontiac Trans Am black with the thunder, the the thunder chicken on the roof, on the hood of the car. And yeah, it was beautiful. The car was beautiful and it was all in the movie for like maybe 60 seconds. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, Okay, but yeah. So, at any rate, going back to the the winners and losers um, that you two are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank that was you. rather harsh. That was it hurt a little. Wow, that fun. that's. Whew. I I uh, guess I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something. That was rude of me. So Windows something with Windows Eleven was the most popular answer. But excellent, you both overshot it. Really? Oh, yeah. It, 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 uh, Alan overshot it more. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He lost I more lost, than you lost. I lost yeah. bigger. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was like 34% of the vote. So Apple okay. had to be real close wow. then. Like super. It was, it, Apple was the number two choice at 28%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now there was so an was interesting third. choice on here. Wait, what was third then? Uh, desktop. The desktop. Okay, okay. that's what, okay. Do you want to know the interesting thing that I uh, thought? Uh, uh, yeah. Nobody picked the Chromebook. 
Really? Imagine. <laughs> Zero. Actually, yeah. no, I, I, you know, when you're, I know you're, you're saying that, but like uh, some of the Chromebooks, you know, they're nice pieces of hardware. They're expensive yep. well, to they be are, things that run a browser. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you say that about an iPad? They are expensive for things that run a browser. <laughs> yeah. Wait, which one yeah. are we talking yeah. about now? I'm confused. Both. Both. But at least at least the iPad is a little bit more useful, right? There's a lot more apps being written for it, whereas the Chromebook is literally like, you know, um, if you could live your world in a Chrome browser tab, you know, here you go. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm and there saying. have been people. There have been people who've said that, like in school, it was a cheap thing. They could use Visual Studio Code online. That kind of like, totally or get coder. It, right, right. But I personally would even go buy a cheap Windows laptop over a Chromebook. Just you know, I don't know. I remember there was a Samsung one uh, a couple years back that I drooled over and almost pulled the trigger on, and it was like maybe seven, eight hundred ish, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't quite like high-end iPad price range, but yet you were getting like a 13-inch, you know, display on it. Right. right. So, you know, and it was touch, uh, a touchscreen, and you could like fold it back to where it was like a, you know, worked as a tablet. So it was basically like your laptop that you just, you were talking about, except it was a Chromebook. Right. I like that idea of virtual desktops. You know, there's a, a lot to be said for being this kind of snapshot your environment and, you know, open it up, whatever. Uh, but I don't know. I, uh, not for me. Not yet. I, I think it, the problem is that uh, maybe we just like the command line too much. And that's where it might be. That, that's where be. we're drawing the line. Okay. Well, for this episode survey, we ask, what's your favorite feature on the new MacBook Pro? Your choices are the return of the function keys by touch bar. You got to think of like by Felicia when I say it like that. Yeah. All right. The mag safe charger. I love proprietary cables <laughs> or I need an SD card slot, not a USB card reader that requires a USB a to C dongle or that shape that harkens back to those early 2000s MacBooks. Or, obviously, it's all about the M1 Max, 10 CPU cores, 32 GPU cores, this. Or, your favorite thing is, that I don't need to buy or enable a TPM 2.0 module to run the latest operating system. Looking at you, Windows 11. (laughs) Or, wait, Apple had another announcement? (laughs) Uh, You missed one, actually. Oh, did I? Yeah, who's not excited about the notch? Oh, right. I did miss the notch, yeah. <laughs> and all the fun that your mouse can have traveling it. What's yeah, the I don't know that's going to work. The, the, like the phones, there's a notch in the top of the display for the camera. Oh, no. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Come we on. just lost Alan. It looks like it's basically the smart bar. It's just like there's two of them now, and they're on either side of the notch. Golly, man. Apple, stop experimenting. Just give us a laptop that people want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, got to put that camera somewhere. Somewhere. It's better than one that's, you know, looking up my nose on my laptop right now. So yes. it's got to be yeah. better than that. That's yeah. terrible. I didn't that's know terrible. how to talk to you about that. But yeah, since you've 
brought it up. Yeah, it is terrible. Do I need to shave? Is there a new trim? I mean, it's awkward that you need to shave there, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think Joe just turned a shade of purple. (laughs) All right. So now I think it's. <laughs> Outlaw's got a few a few items to share. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm surprised. I took this stuff serious. We had a job to do. We had one job Whoa. to do. Whoa, how did I not take it serious? You went over budget, sir. By seventeen dollars. That's over budget. That's a McDonald's meal nowadays. <laughs> well, I I didn't do that. So how's that? <laughs> uh all right, so I do have a bunch of things, but um also uh, you know, I have some honorable mentions that I will I will throw out there too. So, oh, so you cheated also, Mister? Mm-hmm. No, Boy the, honor, the honorable mentions are not part of my budget. Okay. Yeah. No. The, they. I, I. I thought like, hey, these, these are. This is a cool option, but I honestly did not, you know, include that as part of the budget. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that uh, I'm going to talk about are things to like. I've talked about this kind of category in the past about. Um, you know, like smart home kind of stuff. Right. And so, uh, you know, I tell you, I label this category as my smart home can beat up your smart home. So we start with an old favorite of, uh, the Casa smart light switches. And I think I talked about these before, but I just wanted to like remind everybody cause you know, I mean, you probably need another one anyways, but the great thing about that I love about these smart switch light switches is that, you know, you can have smart bulbs inside your house if you wanted to. And, and that's fine. But uh, those bulbs are most of those bulbs that I'm aware of are not rated for outdoor. And if you did put them in outdoor usage, then the manufacturer tells you like, well, you're definitely like lowering the life expectancy of the bulb. But the the great thing about these that I especially love is for outdoor lights, you can, you know, make your porch lights and whatnot, you know, your garage exterior garage lights or whatever, um, you know, come on it at whatever schedule you want. So, you know, that's, that's a nice one, but there's also a couple variations of that that are fairly recent. So one is the smart dimmer switch, uh, which, um, actually I think I, oh yeah, no, no, that's the right one. Um, yeah. So, so a smart dimmer switch and in that first light switch, by the way, 15 bucks, this one is 17 bucks on Amazon. So like these are super affordable for what they are, right? And you know these are all in the same Casa family that we've talked about before. So, uh, you know, I think you'll like them. But speaking of, and, and we did mention in the past, they are, Casa is actually owned by TP Link, so it's a really big company. Yeah, and and we've talked about this one before, but they have a new version of it of the smart plugs. So. Uh, they have a, if you buy the new version of the smart plugs for, you can get a four pack for 27 bucks. So these are indoor smart plugs that, you know, you would plug something else into this. So it would add a little bit of bulk to the, you know, the outlet, right? Cause you know, uh, it, it would be protruding a little bit, but you know, depending on your case that might work out fine. And I thought, Hey, Christmas is coming up and I love these things for Christmas right? Put your Christmas trees on or your Christmas tree lights on it. Uh, like if you have any Christmas decorations inside the house that might require lights or electricity for whatever reason, you could put it on to where like 
these things automatically come up so that when you wake up in the morning, your house is lit up for Christmas. And then when you know, you go to bed, they automatically turn off so that you don't have to worry about setting your house on fire in your sleep, you know, but I, I like, like in the holidays, I like to have everything lit up and, and I, it always was a bit of like a, a, a pet peeve where like, you know, the, you know, the, the family might only turn on the Christmas tree at night, you know, but not during the day. And I'm like, but, 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 but it's Christmas. I want it on all the time. So, so I love these things for that, but keeping in line with that thought, Casa also has an outdoor version of the smart plug that takes two, it's one, one plug, but it has two outlets. And for that it's $18 and that one is outdoor rated. So for all of your outdoor Christmas lights, you could also have those on uh smart outlets. So I love it. Hey, now things. one thing real quick to call out about these, I'm noticing in the bullet points on every one of them, they all require a 2.4 gigahertz signal for your Wi-Fi. So well, that's it, not it, uncommon, right? It, it's not uncommon, but just know if if you've gone straight to a five gigahertz and you've turned off your 2.4, these won't work with that. So you need to be aware of it if you're going to go buy these. But they are awesome. The the bigger thing, the bigger call out that I would make on the two switches. Because the two plugs that I mentioned, I mean, you you can unplug those as needed, right? Plug them in, plug them and unplug them as needed. But the two switches, you're going to need to like take apart the faceplate or take off the faceplate and, you know, rewire a switch. And the bigger deal there is that uh, because these are smart switches, they need to always be on even if uh, you've turned off the switch. So you need the neutral. So you'll have four wires going into this into these switches, a load, a line, uh, neutral and a ground. So, all right. So, um, like Joe, um, I had a category here cause I, I, I like to that whole like quantification of self that started back a couple decades ago. Like I've all, like I've, I've loved that ever since it became a thing. And, um, you know, Joe went the Fitbit route, but I am already in the Apple ecosystem. I don't know if you've heard before, but I have a couple Apple products and, um, I want the new series seven. So I already have the four, but it, it, you know, uh, and it, and it's done me well, right. You know, on all my rides, it, it's done me really well, but I think maybe, uh, because of some of those rides, like maybe the battery is like, not what it used to be. I don't think I'm not sure. Like maybe I've put it through its paces plus like wearing it to sleep as well. You know, uh, I think maybe I, I've, I probably technically do for a battery and instead I'm just like, eh, I'll just use an excuse to get a, a new one. Right. Um, so the series seven is definitely on my list and that one is, I want the one with the cellular specifically so that like when I do go cycling, I don't have to take my um, phone with me and then that way I can still uh, all the GPS, you know, I can still track my ride and use whatever apps to, you know, track the, where I'm going and I can still make phone calls, um, you know, if I needed to, if, if there was a bad situation and the new series seven even has like features specific to cycling where it can detect like a cycling fall, for example, different than like, uh, you know, 
you were standing and fell kind of thing. Um, and they also added in the ability to check your oxygen level on the latest version too, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, you know, cause they've talked about like heart rates and EKGs and things like that. And so they're always adding like, you know, another little thing here and there where they can, where they're able to sneak it in. And this time, uh, you know, oxygen readings was another one of the things they were able to add in. So I thought that was pretty cool. So then you got like power things, right? And I, I realize I'm a little late to some of the games on that. Like, uh, you know, I would might say that I was like, uh, quote famously late to the AirPod game. But now that I'm in the AirPod game, I'm like, oh my God, these things are amazing. And like, you I'm know, yeah. Alan, Alan was like, those things will fall out. And I'm like, yeah, I thought that too until I actually tried them. And I swear somehow they magically stay in and they're just, um, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. And, and of course, you know, last year we talked about the new, uh, pros that they came out with and they came out with an even newer version of the pros this year. But, um, so the thing that I'm late to this time though, that you would think like, you'd be kind of surprised, like, well, oh, I didn't think you'd be late on that one is the MagSafe charger for the phone. So, um, with, I believe it was with the 12 that they introduced the MagSafe charging for the phones. And it basically like, like, like it sounds, it's just magnet just snaps on and it's just so awesome. You can, uh, you know, just keep charging while and, and use the ports if you needed to. So if I wanted to plug it into, you know, some speakers or something uh, to bother Joe, then I could, <laughs> that was a joke. Cause you know, it doesn't have the headphone jack. Yeah. And so I would need a dongle sure. to do that. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, so, so the point is that, uh, like I, I was reluctant to get it, but then when I, once I did, and I forget why, I need, Oh, I, I just need another charger. I was going somewhere and I was like, well, I needed to take, I, I didn't have the charger with me and I'm like, Oh, I need a charger. So I'm like, well, I might as well just buy this one instead and try it, give it a shot. Um, but yeah, I, I've been a big fan of it since I got it though. Um, and cause I've had the other type of chargers. I think that we've talked about in the past where like, um, that you can just like kind of cradle your phone in and, you know, but the phone isn't like necessarily held to the charger in any kind of way. Um, which, you know, is usually not an issue, but I, I just kind of like this one because it, it's kind of small and purpose built, but the MagSafe accessories in general, though, uh, it does seem pretty awesome. And especially with like the new ones that they've introduced, like, uh, they had already introduced a MagSafe battery pack that you could add on. But then this year they, they previous last year they'd introduced, the MagSafe wallet accessory. And now they've added in a new one. I don't, I, I didn't understand from the, the recent thing, if it was a new one or if it was now they could tell you where they last saw the, the one that was previously attached or not. But anyway, I, I thought that was pretty cool. That they added that though. Um, all right. So then, um, there's this little guy. So I mentioned the Apple watch and wearing the Apple watch while I sleep. <clears throat> so because I only have the one, the one watch, uh, you know, the question is, well, how, how do you charge this thing when you're, um, while you're wearing it? Right. And I'd previously shared the, um, that little USB one, the, the small portable travel one, but 
And honestly, I question if maybe like this is where some of my battery problems started happening because what I noticed was that that um the this the orientation that I had that charger on was vertical. And so there there was a, there is a little bit of a stand that it has from like the USB um cover, right? That forms a little stand for the watch to sit on. But what happens is because the um, the bulk and the weight, you know, the heft of the uh, band is so far out, right? It ends up acting as like, you know, uh, a, a lever that's pulling the battery away from that charger. And so like you're relying on the little magnet in that charger to hold onto that thing. And what I kept noticing was that like the, you know, I would take the the watch off of it and then, you know, put it on my wrist and it would be really hot and heat is not a fan. You know, batteries are not fans of heat. So like, I'm kind of questioning if like, maybe that's why I was having some battery problems too, but uh, on my watch, but um, I, I think I'd maybe previously shared something like this before, but I ended up buying a new version of this for my desk, which looks like this. And if you go look at that, it's a little holder for your watch and this one like traps the watch. So the watch can't move away from the charger in it. But the beauty of it is, is it's shaped like the original iPod and your watch display is the display of the iPod. So it looks like you have this tiny little iPod on hmm. your desk that is your phone. And I had, and I previously, I'm pretty sure I mentioned another one that I had that the same company makes where it looks like the classic um, the original Mac, right? Um, yeah, this is super cute. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And okay, so here's my first honorable mention to go along with this thing because um, we know how I am crazy for cables, right? Um, some people are crazy for Cocoa Puffs, and I'm crazy for cables. So my first honorable mention is Apple makes a super short uh, 0.3 meter. Uh, charger for your watch that is unfortunately pretty expensive at $29. But that part aside, that part aside, it's super short cable. <laughs> so, um, yeah. The one meter cable is less money. <laughs> it didn't used to be. Maybe that, maybe uh. that might just be an Amazon thing at the moment because it didn't used to be. Uh. Okay. So, um, then I forget I, it was earlier this year that Apple announced this. Um, but I don't know if we ever talked about, I'm pretty sure we had talked about the tiles in the past. Um, I love mine. Yeah. I use it all the time. Yeah. I, I used to love them and now I have a hatred of them. I, I can't stand the tiles. What? Yeah. Uh, with the problem, the problem that I had with the tile was, uh, 100% with the customer support when oh, you, yeah. when you had a, if you, because they had a subscription service where they would like, Oh, Hey, we'll just ship you batteries automatically. And I forget what else it, it got you, uh, like better tracking or like more history or some, something like people that. Can, uh, other people who are, I think subscribers can see your device and like, let you know. 
So it'd be like, oh, someone, uh, someone at the the bar you were just at, you know, saw your car keys or whatever. Yeah. So the number one problem that I had with it was that when I actually did need to use the tile, this was you know a few years back when I did need to use the tile. Unbeknownst to me, the tile's battery were they were all dead, so I couldn't find the thing that I had lost, oh, which yeah. were my keys. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing was, and I, and I come, I asked, uh, you know, tile about it. And I don't remember the entire conversation at the time, but it, it, it just bothered me that it was like, why don't you at least give a notification that like, Hey, the battery's low or something. And they later did, Good and point. they later did put out an update to the app, you know, that I saw like a year later that like, Oh, it did, uh, tell you that the battery was low, but I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. And, and, I, I don't remember. At any rate, uh, I remember the customer support person at the time that I deal with, it was just extremely rude and awful about it. And I was just like, well, this is, this is a bad taste. I'd rather just cancel the membership then. Um, and, and so like I've long waited for Apple to make these that have been long rumored, which are the Apple air tags. And if you haven't already tried the Apple air tags, they are awesome. And, they will, the, you can see the battery levels, uh, you know, straight from the app. There's not an issue there, but if you, you can like tell it, um, Hey, this is, you know, don't, don't alert me if, if I leave it in this area, because that's fine. You know, like that's, that's the house. That's where I live. So of course I'm going to leave stuff there as I, you know, might go for a walk or something like that. But anyway, the bigger thing to go along with that though are these. So I'm going to give you, actually, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you both the, the choice and the honorable mention. All at the same time, Alan, I'm going to do you the favor. All right. So these are cases for the Apple air tags for your pets collars. Oh, pretty so cool. I have one for my dog and my cat. So that if, they were to ever get lost, then hopefully I can, I can find them, uh, through the air tag. And of course, like if, if you've never seen the air tag demos too, by the way, if you ever do lose one, the phone integration, it's like so amazing. Of course, Apple would have it like tightly integrated, but like it'll point in the direction that you need to go. And like, Oh, you're, you're three meters away. You're one meter away. You're standing on it. How do you not see it? You know, kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so uh, I put two sizes in there because depending on your pet, uh, you know, like the cat is really small, right? So his collar is thinner. So I have a different type of holder for him that has a better grip on the on the collar because you want one that would, um, you know, you don't want a wide grip because then the the holder could could kind of. What am I trying to say here, Alan? It could bother it. Well, not bother, but it, it would, it would, because the, because the holder, the, the tag would hang down lower than the width of the collar, then there'd be nothing to hold the air tag in place. Because basically the way these, these work is these are trapping the air tag against the collar and the, this case. And so you need to keep the collar on the center of it in order for it to like have that type of um, 
support. If that makes yeah, sense. These are pretty cool. Yeah. And Oh, by the way, these are not, I forgot to mention this too. So like the four pack of the air tags, you know, on Amazon, $97 and change, right? The collar, um, cases that I'm talking about, the large one for two of them is $11, like 10 And the smaller ones as a four pack are 1488. So, you know, buy one and have a, have an extra so that if something should happen, uh, if, if your dog or cat should tear it up or whatever, then you still have another one you could put on it. And you know, it works out really great. And because it's pressed up against the collar, um, I, I previously had the tiles on my pet's collars as well, but the tiles, if you recall, they have like a hole and they want to use like a key ring. So they would hang. Right. And especially on the cat, cause he was so small, like that was, that was some significant like droop, you know, to the collar. Right. So when he would go to drink water or whatever, like, you know, I was kind of concerned, like, way. well, is he going to get it wet? Like, you know, uh, but because with this type of collar, you're pressing it up against the collar itself. So you don't have that problem at all. And they do make like real for real collars. I have seen collars that do have holders for the air tag built into them. But at the time uh, they were like one availability cause they uh, you know, and this all, I got all this like right after Apple announced the air tags. And um, cause basically once tile made me mad, then I was like, okay, well, as soon as Apple comes out with their air tag that had been rumored for years, then I'm, I'm going to buy that immediately. And uh yeah, these these cases were the first things that were like reasonably available in price because um, some of the other ones, like the purpose built collars I was talking about, were kind of pricey, but also uh, the availability was limited. And you know, pet owners, I'm sure will will understand that like there is something to be said about like you want a specific type of collar for your dog or your cat. Like for a cat, you might want you you know I want a breakaway collar. So then in case if he did get hung up somewhere, cause cats can climb trees. So you don't want them to like accidentally climb a tree and then get hung up on their collar. And now they're, you know, hanging themselves. So that's why you want a breakaway collar. And, uh, for the dog, you know, some people want the, uh, I don't know, like the choker style. Some people want the ones that don't have the choke. There aren't a choker. And then there's the type that's like an in-between Kind right. of thing, like so. You uh, want something to work on so, any of them? Yeah. So, so my point is, is like depending on the type of collar that you want for your pet, right? Everybody has their preference, and and even depending on the animal too, there might be some variety. Like different animals might respond differently to different types of collars, especially dogs. You know, might respond respond differently if you're trying to like uh, train them to you know and whatnot. So, uh, you know, you might have a particular preference there, and this one can work on either either thing. Okay, so uh, then let's talk about this category. So funny that you mentioned the kinesis advantage (laughs) because in my category that I called, I need to get some work done. So yeah, we both did recommend the Moonlander last year, um, you know, or at least... I would say that I don't know that I would say that it was a recommendation. I would say that at the time we were both drooling over it. Excited. Because, yeah. yeah. Because it seemed like it had so much potential. 
And in fairness, you know, it, it's it's not a bad keyboard depending on what you want to do with it, right? Um, I I personally I've at this point given up on it, um, which is hard, which is a hard hard pill to swallow considering its cost, right? But, um, one okay, the the you can't game on it. Period. We talk like we talked about the shift key is like just too small of a hit point, you know, for your pinky because, or at least for me, because I shift my hand over one whole, you know, row so that my pointer finger is on the D key. And so that shift key being the same size as every other key just doesn't work out for me. So I can't do that. And then, um, you know, the best I ever got, like I, I put in my solid hours trying to, uh, you know, learn how to use that particular layout. And it just took way too much mental, you know, awareness of like, wait, where did I remap that key? Oh yeah. Because like, you know, so many keys come blank. Unlike the Kinesis advantage, uh, that you shared, right? Like that one isn't programmable. The keys are just where they are. And that's oh, why. No, not true. Not true. Oh, you, you can? can totally. Yeah, I, you can absolutely remap the keys. You can set up macros, all kinds of stuff. Oh, so then maybe you could game on it if you were to like get a key puller, move the space bar to the other side because the keys are printed on that one. Is the point? They are printed, yeah. But you can you can remap them without moving the actual physical keys. So you you okay. can do it. So, um, <clears throat> at any rate, like the best I ever got to on on that keyboard was I think like my highest accuracy accuracy was like maybe 97% and my fastest words per minute on it was 75. So I was getting into respectable ranges, I thought, but it still just took a lot of effort to get there. And that was after months of effort of like daily practicing on it too. So I'm really leaning heavily towards just going back to a mechanical keyboard. Just a straight up normal solid one piece mechanical keyboard. Your old one and in or fact, new one? Um, hey, this would be a good time to like get you guys on the spot. Hey, can we go ahead and like just buy some mechanical keyboards and do reviews of just straight up mechanical keyboards, <laughs> normal solid mechanical keyboards, and forget this ergo nonsense? We probably can. I like it. So I'm not are, gonna are forget you going to go the back to? Are you going to buy a new mechanical or are you going to use uh, your old one? Well, that's what I'm saying is like this one here that I posted here is the one that I have my eye on the most that I think would be the way to go, which is the code version three keyboard. So this is the keyboard that uh, Jeff Atwood teamed up with uh, the people from WASD keyboards and they made this keyboard and it is, it checks a lot of boxes for me. Right. One, I can get this key switches that I want. That sounds awesome. It's got backlighting, like all the LED lighting that a lot of these keyboards, like I do love my bling. I'm not going to lie to you. I do love my bling, but in a minimum, I would love, I would, you know, want some backlighting because the DOS keyboard right now, which by the way, I'll go ahead and throw the link out there. That's an honorable mention. Uh, of course, of course it is. That is my, that is still my gold standard, um, at the moment. 
So the code V3 keyboard with uh, the MX Cherry Blues or the Cherry MX Blues, I always say that backwards, you can get on Amazon for 180 And the DOS for Professional, you can get same key switches, obviously, because, you know, you have good choice, um, Would uh, is $170 on Amazon. So $10 cheaper. But um, that DOS keyboard I have loved. And it, it is my gold standard. It is the king of the hill to knock down for me. But the one thing that it doesn't have that that code has is the code has a replaceable USB cable, USB C cable specifically. And to, to me, that's a big one is the fact that I could like, you know, buy a cable of any length because the DOS keyboard comes with a six foot cable that's permanently attached. And that's a lot of cable. When I literally, I am my keyboard right now is, maybe five inches away from the hub, right? So to have six feet of extra cable laying around, that, that's, that's a bit much. Um, but so, so, so there's that. I will throw out one more honorable mention here. And this one was uh, provided from um, our Slack community in the gear channel as to one I should try out. And I wanted to say it might've been Mike RG. I don't remember who said this one. But um, this is the one, the drop shift mechanical keyboard. And this one's a bit pricey. Uh, it's $280. But the thing that is interesting about this one of these three mechanicals, if you look at the profile of it, it is more like the Moonlander, where the keys are not contained in some kind of a, you know, they're not sunken into a closure. Yeah. They're sitting right. on top of the thing. And so you get more sound from it. Cause that was the, the moon lander sounded amazing when, when I was type, when I would type on that, like I, I loved the, the sound of it as I was typing. And so I, I think the drop would be nice in that regard. But the one thing I'm not crazy about that, I don't know that I would like is the choice that they made for the keys surrounding the arrow buttons because it is a full size keyboard, but they kind of compressed it a little bit. And so as a result, they made the shift key smaller. They made the zero key on the numpad smaller, you know, to, to kind of go around the arrow. Does that make, or the arrow keys? Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yep. Yeah. You may not have noticed um, this one's got RGB lights. Um, yeah. So, so now the look of it, it does look beautiful though, with the lighting that you can do on it. And cause the lighting is coming from the bottom part of it. So it, it, it does look really cool in that regard, but, um, that, that, uh, I, I, I want to come back to one point later in a minute, uh, later in a minute, if I could, that sounded really good, huh? Later yeah. in a minute, I'm going to use that. I, one I would struggle with that key layout too, though. I think um, around those arrows, it, it's that's the only thing that has me like kind of like eh, I don't know about that one. But uh, but actually, the one that was mentioned in the the gear channel was the drop makes another one called the drop control keyboard, and it is um, a tinless keyboard. Which I, I if I'm going to go with the full size, I, I prefer the numpad than. Um, except on my laptops and you know, that's just because I know it's up. All right. <laughs> so, uh, all right. But 
and this is a big but if you had to go with the ergonomic keyboard i am going to call alan and say he's wrong because i think that this kinesis freestyle gaming edge rgb split keyboard it is of the ergos that i've tried so far and, and granted not nearly I, i've used two uh, of these split keyboards alan has used a lot so he's definitely more of like the uh yeah, not thought leader. What would be the word I'm looking for, Alan? Uh, Connoisseur, gourmand, more well, experienced. Well, I was just trying to like find a fancier word to say he's more knowledgeable in this area, but you know, instead I'll just say he's more knowledgeable in this area. How's that? <laughs> that um, sounds good. You know, um, so yeah, so I'm like the I'm like the Padwan here, and he's the Jedi when it comes to uh, these ergo split keyboards. But the thing is, so going back to the moon lander for a moment. So I told you 75 words per minute, highest accuracy was 97%. And that was after months of constant, constant, you know, every day. And when I would sit down at my desk, I would spend some time, uh, going through typing exercises, right? I've had this kinesis freestyle. Now when was code camp? So I've had it like what, less than two weeks. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be two weeks this weekend. So we're like maybe a week and a half call it. Right. I've already gotten up to, cause I, you know, you do have to do a little bit of like relearning. Well, one, I have to unlearn everything from the, the Moonlander. Cause, oh, by the way, this was comical. My first typing on this, uh, Kinesis was eight words per minute. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, cause I was, I was so, I'd gotten so acclimated to the ortholinear column layout of the Moonlander. So I, I had, I did had to go back and like, relearn some of that. And then there's that whole controversy of where do you locate the six key on these split keyboards? Cause some people argue that it should be on the right hand side. Some argue that it should be on the left. Um, so at any rate on this keyboard a week and a half in, I'm already typing like 74 words per minute with a 99% accuracy. Yeah. And that's after a week and a half of like going back to this keyboard and Better than all of that, guess who's back? Back again. Michael's. I'm, that's right. I'm playing Overwatch again because I can. Because you know why? The shift key makes sense on this keyboard. <laughs> so, yeah. Come find me. Come at me, bro. <laughs> so, it's a pretty keyboard, too, right? Like, it really is a pretty keyboard. Yeah, it does. It does have. Um, there, there, there are. I do have a couple gripes, though. One is it has a really cool feature for um, the game mode. So what you can do is you can say like, hey, I'm in a game mode and that will disable like the Windows key, right? So that you can't accidentally get out of the game, right? Makes all the sense in the world because I've actually had that happen before where like I'm for real playing a game and I accidentally, uh, you know, hit that Windows key and then I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? But um you know, you can disable that except I got the Mac modifier keys because I'm on the Mac, you know, for work purposes, the majority of my day. And for whatever reason that no longer, that feature no longer works. Huh? And I I don't understand it. I assumed that when they would redo the, when you would like say like, okay, Hey, Cause they have a program in, in the, in the configurator program. They, they have a specific thing for like, Oh, I have, I'm going to use the Mac modifier keys. So it like makes the keyboard aware. Right. And so I just assumed that 
it, it was literally just flipping the position of the alt and the uh, Windows key with what would now become the command key and the alt key for the Mac. But apparently it also disables that game feature because now if I put on the game mode, I can still press what is you know the command key, which acts as the Windows key on Windows. So I, I don't understand it. Um, I'm sure there is somebody would know the reasons, uh, but I don't. I got to take a sip of water. All right. Um, so much talking. Um, the other major gripe, though, that I do have, and this one is a big one about this keyboard, is I cannot stand the um, the wrist pad on it. And the reason why I can't stand the wrist pad on it is not because of the feel or anything like that. It's because they made this uh, aesthetic choice. At least I believe it's an aesthetic choice. You know, maybe they'll say, no, 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 it was, it had to be that reason because of the tinting or something, but it, it starts out at a decent width, like what you might want in the center of the keyboard. Like, um, well, what would be the center if you were to squeeze the two halves together? Right. So like underneath the B key and underneath the, you know, the, the Y row on the right hand, right? It starts out at the width that you would want, but then it tapers off as it gets to the edge. Well, the way my hands sit on that thing, on that, those wrist pads, it ends up rolling off of the wrist pad because it's tapering off. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's nothing there to hold my wrist where I need it. So I'm not sure if that's telling me like, well, maybe I shouldn't have my wrist that far back or what, but it, that is like the one gripe that I have with that one major gripe that you can't do anything about with that keyboard. Um, the tinting options on it are great because like you can actually tint this one higher than you can the Moonlander, which I love. Um, so yeah. So if you had to get a, if you had, if you insisted on getting an ergo keyboard, then, you know, that's an honorable mention. It's not a bad choice. But here's one thing that I've learned about myself. Um, you know, life's a journey, right? And, and we constantly learn a little bit more about ourselves as we go through it. And have you ever noticed that, like, sometimes you learn something and then you can't unknow it, and it almost makes things w- worse for you now that you know? Does that does that make any sense? Like, yeah. Yeah. once you experience oh, yeah. the feel of driving, say, an M3, well, you don't want to go back to, you know, a Yaris or a Toyota Corolla, right? Like you want, you're like, well, no, I want that M3. That, that was, that was amazing to drive. And then you drive now that you have the M3 and like you get to drive a Lamborghini, like, whoa, whoo, I want the Lamborghini, right? Like you can't, you can't like unknow that kind of thing, right? Well, it's cars. <laughs> uh, no, I was talking about sports. Um, yeah. So, okay, that explains it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as all, all of this keyboard efforts, though, another thing where the Moonlander completely ruined me that I never knew that I would care about or that would mean anything or matter to me is the Moonlander wisely, ZSA wisely made the choice of using keycaps that are made from a chemical called PBT. Uh, so they're there. If you were to go shopping for keys, keys caps, they are double shot PBT keycaps. And 
I never like I I started using those. And I'm like, oh, these kind of have like a weird feel about them, right? Like they're they're different, but they feel awesome. And that was actually one of the reasons why when I first started using the Kinesis Freestyle after the Moonlander, one of the problems that I had with it was because the key caps that it has are ABS plastic. And so my hands were slipping around. So if you've ever seen a keyboard with like really shiny key caps on it, then those are ABS plastic and the plastic, it starts out already smooth and shiny and it'll just get smoother and shinier over time. Right. But PBT keycaps are gritty and it's just due to the nature of like the, the different chemical, the PBT chemical compound versus the ABS chemical compound. Like they're, they're one's, one's grittier than the other. And it turns out that I super, super love, I'm a big fan of the way those, those keycaps feel. And so that, um, what, what did I, what was my word per minute on this thing? Like 73, 74 words per minute on the, the Kinesis. I pulled every printed keycap off of the Moonlander and put it on the Kinesis freestyle. <laughs> So I still have some keycaps, some of the original Kinesis keycaps on here uh, because, you know, the Moonlander didn't have them printed or they were like different shapes or whatever. But every keycap that I could switch, I did switch. And I, I totally love the feel of these. These, they, the PBT keycaps do not feel um, slippery like the ABS keycaps. And now I cannot ever not have those. And that is, circling back to the code keyboard, the one issue that I have with that, both it and the DOS use ABS plastic. And now knowing what I know, right? Like, uh, well, I want the PBT and the code keyboard. You can't buy the PBT keyboards, even though it's made by WASD keyboards. And if you go look at WASD keyboards, uh, you know, they, they will let you configure a keyboard in any way you want, except you cannot, configure it like the the code keyboard. So the code keyboard, you can buy it as is, but you can't customize it at all. Uh, you know, from 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 the manufacturer at least. I mean, once you get it, you can do whatever you wanted with it. And the 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 thing is is that like Jeff Atwood in his wisdom made some what I think are wise choices in uh the the choice of the um printing of the, of the lettering and whatnot on the keycaps, but also even like the locations of some of the functions. So for example, on the code keyboard, uh, you, you typically on a full size keyboard have a cluster of six keys above the arrow cluster, which are like the delete, um, the page up, page down, home, end, and insert. Insert. Thank you. Um, those keys on the code keyboard also act as the media keys. But here's one of the smart things that he decided on was the keys are double printed. So the top part of the key cap is your normal delete, insert home and whatever. And then the front face of it is the media function, right? And you use the, there's like the, you know, the function key close to that cluster on the bottom row 
And so that way you can like access those functions. So I thought that was like a super smart decision that was made there. Right. But you can't get that key cap for those, uh, that six set of keys there where it's printed on both sides. If you go to Wazi keyboards and you have them print anything else, you can't get that combination there. And the thing that's frustrating, I love Wazi keyboards. You can like print what font you want your keycaps printed in. You can pick the, the location. Do you want it printed on the center of the keycap? Do you want it printed on the top center? Do you want it printed top left, top right? Do you want it printed on the front? Do you want it in like super big letters? Cause you know, our old eyes can't read it anymore. Or, you know, maybe you're still young and, you know, you can read an eight point font on your keyboard, like whatever, you know, your case is, of course I went with the, the 10 point cause it's you know, being 21 and, but you can't get that one. So that, that's the one frustrating thing is that like, uh, I kind of want to get the code version of the WASD keyboard. Cause it's really just a WASD keyboard that's been rebranded, but I'm not sure like how I'm going to like, maybe over time I'll forget my love affair with these, uh, um, PBTs, or maybe I'll just like pop the Moonlander keys off of the, uh, freestyle and put it on that one. Yeah. So I whatever you need to take a picture of this, um, hybrid keyboard Frankenstein thing you got going now and, and share that on this, uh, show notes page. It really wouldn't photo. Well, there's cause it, cause, um, I would have to put it under like, to see it under light. Like I can technically tell the difference, but I don't know that the camera would catch it, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but looking at it right now in my room, I, I can see the difference between those keycaps, but I, I don't know that a camera would pick up that subtlety. Okay. Um, so the point is I say all that because, um, you know, you can go out and just buy keycaps that, you know, turns out to me, keycaps really matter and you can go out and find, uh, the crazy keycaps. Yeah. Well, you can also go to like some places and spend some really obscene money, like buying custom keycaps, even and by custom. I don't mean like, you know, they necessarily have like fancy pictures or anything like that on them. I just mean like, if you say like, Hey, these are the fonts, this is the location. And all I want are the keycaps that I'm going to replace on my existing keyboard. You know, some of those companies will charge anywhere from like 50 to a hundred bucks for those things. Right. But, you know, maybe this will work for, be good enough for you. So Razer, uh, the gaming company that makes my absolute favorite mouse uh, we've talked about, they make a double shot PBT keycap upgrade set that'll work for, you know, most any traditional mechanical keyboard. It's 30 bucks on Amazon. So that's I, cheap. I put that in as my honorable mention, uh, you know, in case if, if that kind of thing mattered to you as well, especially if like the thing is like, once you start becoming an educated consumer about keyboards, you learn things that you're like, Oh, I didn't know that I really cared about that. But now that I do know it and I've experienced it, then now I do care and great. Now my life is ruined. So <laughs> these, these are the problems that, that plague me. Um, but there's also another set here that I wanted to share from hyper X called the Puddin keycaps. These are also double shot PBT keycaps for $25. And if you look at these, if you like to have some color and some bling about your world, which we all know how I feel about that. I love it. Then these are actually really cool. What these are is the only like the, the bottom two thirds of the keycap are still like translucent. So if you have an RGB keyboard, 
it looks like the letters are just floating on a bed of color. And I actually had an opportunity to experience these keycaps in person at a local Best Buy. And, uh, you know, it it was kind of neat. I I don't know that I would want, you know, I, I like to have variety of color on the keycaps because I like to be able to like, you know, have the WASD cluster green and I like to have F5, F8, F10 and F11 red and, you know, things like the deletes and the backspace and the escapes are, you know, like a, an orange, like, Ooh, color, you know, like, uh, you know, warning, but, but, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a pretty cool option to see. Like, so if you didn't want to have like your keys colored for like specific function, but maybe just instead, because you like to have, uh, RGB, then maybe those would look pretty nice for you. All right. So, um, because of that though, there's a new category of, well, there's things I got to buy again because I gave my DOS keyboard to my son along with the wrist pad that I had with it. And so I'm strongly considering going with this HyperX makes a wrist pad that is a, I uh, got a cooling gel memory foam wrist pad for $20 on Amazon. And I am kind of considering it. It's got, it's highly rated. It was like over 5,000 reviews. I don't, I don't remember exactly like maybe 5,400 or something like that, but, um, very highly rated wrist pad. Now that is competing against though. My, uh, you know, my personal King of the Hill, which is the glorious gaming, uh, wrist pad and that, but that one is $29. So, you know, that hyper one is almost $10 cheaper. So I don't know. I'm kind of thinking like, well, maybe I try it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, but the, the glorious gaming one though, doesn't have the memory foam. It doesn't have the cooling gel, but also like I never, that was never bothered by that. But then again, maybe this is the, like the PBT keycaps. And now once I experience the cooling gel memory foam, I'll be like, oh, how did I ever live without this? The other one's actually rated better and it's cheaper. The HyperX, yeah, it's rated, it is rated higher. Like the, the glory, well, it, now hold on there. I don't remember what the rating number it was, but the glorious gaming, they were both highly rated and the glorious gaming had like maybe 4,400 and the HyperX had like 5,400. So the HyperX has almost 6,000 now. The, the really gaming one that you've got here is a 4.5 out of five. And the other one is. I mean, it looked like it was a full five star. It is a 4.8 out of five with almost 6,000 ratings. So yeah, it's rated higher with, and it costs 10 bucks less or 30% less if you want to yeah. go that route. I mean, some of the things that I read about the, the complaints of the glorious gaming one was that people said, Hey, at this price point, I expected it to be memory foam or, you know, cooling gel. And I'm like, mm, yeah. Read um, the description. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Like it doesn't right. say anything like that. So I don't know why you thought that it would be, but okay, whatever. Um, now here's an, here's another honorable mention though, but I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would want this one. So this is the, this is one by razor, which similar to the HyperX, it is a memory foam and cooling gel. But if you look at the profile of this one, this is why I'm not sure about this one because it looks like it could tilt forward on like it could pivot. Um, because like both the HyperX and the glorious gaming, like they're just a, sl- a flat slab, you know, that's laying on your, on your desk. 
This Razer one isn't. And it's, it's also the most expensive one too at $35. But, um, you know, it was another well-reviewed one. So I don't know. I thought like, well, you know, some people that might be their thing, but, uh, I think for me, it would be between the HyperX and the Glorious Gaming. And since I've already tried the Glorious Gaming one, like maybe I'll give the HyperX a, a go. So, uh, there's that. Then, if, uh, you know, sometimes things go wrong. And when they do go wrong, you need the right tools for it. And I am a big fan of tools. I love I love tools, especially tools that are like, purpose made for the thing like like if this was the early 1900s i would totally be like a ford mechanic and have all the ford specific tools to work on like the model for model t's and whatnot um i love that kind of stuff so uh, i fix it which i'm sure we've all been to their websites we've all seen their teardowns but they have a line of tools that just look so amazing so for $70, you can get the iFixit Pro Tool Kit. And I'm going to throw in a honorable mention here of their iFixit Manta Driver Kit that's $65. And I'm really, I'm like, honestly, I'd be torn because the ProTech Tool Kit comes with uh, some things like, uh, like little suction uh, cups to pull screens off of devices and, um, uh, little, uh, what do they call those little wedge tools? Um, just that what I think they're little wedges. Yeah. No, but there's, there's a tool. Start, there's a name for it. that starts with a P, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, they look like guitar picks, right? They, they do. Like yes. Yeah, th- those things to plungers. They have like little plungers. Um, and like, it comes with like, like a variety of different little plastic plungers for it and everything. Um, Anyway, so so there's other tools that come with the Pro Tech Toolkit besides just the driver kit, but that driver kit comes with bits that aren't available otherwise from iFixit. So I'm like, huh, because you can get all the other stuff from iFixit separate from the toolkit. So I'm like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'd probably never need like a most of those things, but you know be nice to have because when you do need it then you want it right mm-hmm. all right so we're in the we're in the you know we're nearing the end of the pa- the pandemic but uh that doesn't mean that you know you haven't had to like up your zoom calling game right and uh this is going to seem like a weird choice here but we last we last year we were really drooling over the the Zoom PodTrack P8, which I'll go ahead and throw that in here as an honorable mention, by the way. And um, it looked so promising. And we were big fans of of the Zoom products already because we were already using them for the production of this show. And so we thought like, oh, this would be a natural, natural transition. And before we were using the Zoom H6, uh, if I recall, was the model number. Yep. And um, so when these P8s came out, we thought like, oh, these things are amazing. Like it had six inputs. Uh, that you could take into it. It was $550. Uh, you know, it was basically like a headphone amplifier, a mixer, and, um, well, I guess maybe just those two things. 
um, and built into one. But you could also like easily connect phones to it or tablets, computers. You had a whole sound pad of things that you could do with it. You know, they looked it looked really promising. But what we ran into was that it only supported forty four point one hertz kilohertz audio, which doesn't work well for any of the video work that we would want to do, which we wanted to be able to use the same equipment because we're probably sitting in front of the same computer to do the same thing. So we ended up switching to the Rodecaster Pro, which is, you know, $50 more. But uh, unlike the Zoom, you automatically get the built-in Bluetooth because that was an add-on to the Zoom, but you lose two inputs to it, two mic inputs into it. Um, So that was the only downside there. But it has been rock solid and super easy to use, and I've really loved it for that. So I thought, you know, it, it at least deserved a mention, even though it is super specific to podcasting and, uh, or, you know, like any kind of, um, you know, you, you, you have to, you have to be in the content creation kind of world. Like you're either like t- live streaming on Twitch or YouTube or something, you know, to, to want to have that set up. But, you know, I know that we have audience members that ask us about stuff like that. So I thought I would add it. And then, yeah. I will say, if you are trying to do anything with Twitch or anything, it makes it stupid easy, right? Like it's, yeah, it's uh, it kind of I don't want to say it dumbs things down, but it makes it really easy to be your audio interface into your computer if you're having to do anything. Plus, it's a recorder on top of things, so it it really is a joy to use. Yeah. Yeah. And have you ever like been on a call with like customer service and you're like, man, I wish I could easily record that. Guess what? You can with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it for phone calls all the time. It's fantastic. Just be able to like hands free. I've got my great headphones. I got the great head, you know, microphones. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. I do the same. Yeah. Have, have your phone Bluetooth into it and just talk over it. Yeah. Or even beautiful. hardwired into it. Yeah. Yeah. You can do like that. You both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So while we're on the topic of like, you know, setting up your environment for recording stuff, I've become a big fan of this little guy. So rather than having like a microphone mounted to something, some kind of a boom pole that's, you know, always there and in the way and inflexible because it's mounted to the desk, uh, on stage makes this like super small. It was the smallest one I could find microphone stand. It's like four inches tall and it's like 13 bucks on Amazon. Uh, but because of the cage that our microphones use, it works out perfect because this giant microphone cage ends up adding all the, uh, height that I need to get this microphone exactly where I want it. And and that cage is necessary in order to support the, uh, the shock mount, you know, system so that it doesn't uh, vibrations don't transfer to the microphone, but for $13 well spent in my opinion. Also in that camp or similar camp of, uh, you know, you want to look good when you're doing your Twitch live streaming, you know, gaming and whatnot. We talked about the Elgato lights last year, like just the plain light. I think uh, Joe and or Alan were a fan of those, but I like the ring light. And uh, because I don't want like too much light blasting me in the face, you know, but I, I want enough to make it count. And, the Elgato ring light, I think, uh, you know, solves that niche just perfect for me. It's, it's, it's the right amount of light without overwhelming me. 
um, and has all the same features as the, as the previous one. Um, so worth it in my camp. And then this little guy has also been super duper handy. And that is the Elgato HD 60 S plus capture card, which allows us to, uh, take whatever camera we might want, which, uh, you know, could be a high end camera, plug that into that. And now I have a USB connection, uh, from that capture card to my computer. And the beauty of that setup, and this is where also the zoom, the, the roadcaster pro or the zoom come into play is that the audio coming out of the road is USB to the computer. The video signal from the capture card is to the computer is also USB. So that means I can have a USB hub that takes in both of those two signals. And then with a USB switcher, I can switch the USB signal from my work computer to my personal computer, meaning I get to use all the same mic, camera, everything, regardless of which computer I'm on. And that is worth its weight in gold. It makes it so easy for me to have good sounding audio and a good quality picture. If I need to, you know, do something for work, you know, there's no reason, there's no excuse for not hearing me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, but also then, you know, for the production of the show, like it works out perfect. I'm, I'm so in love with this setup. It is, it is, you know, in the past, uh, in previous years, I used to have like one set of headphones connected to my work computer and another set of headphones connected to my personal computer. And I literally have like, you know, personal uh, headphones were on the right of my desk, you know, hanging on a, a hanger and work were on the left. And I, you know, I was constantly flipping headphones back and forth. It was such a hassle. Uh, yeah, this, this has made life so much easier. Uh, hey, so one quick call out on this HD 60 S plus, I almost made this a pick for me too, because I really do like this thing. A very, very important thing to know. And we found this out the hard way with Jay Z he had purchased the HD60S initially. Oh my gosh, you, yes. You need to know don't if you want to plug a camera up to this input card and be able to use it on things like Zoom calls or whatever, just know the HD60S does not have the driver that makes your computer think that it's a webcam. The HD60S plus does have that driver that lets your window that lets your either Mac or windows machine recognize the input signal as a web camera that can be used on zoom WebEx, whatever else. Right. So just know there is a distinction between the two and it, they also Elgato has the HD cam, I think is what it's called. Something it's, it's the cam link cam link that is made specifically for if you just want to plug a camera up and not do game capture or whatever. So just know if you're trying to grab something that will allow you to do game capture and other more advanced things, get the S plus because it actually does matter. Yeah. And and I forgot to mention, um, I don't know if I said the ring light was $200 and the Elgato HD 60 S plus is $160. So, uh, there's your, there's your prices. Um, now all of this is building up. Okay. 
we're, we're building up to the climax of this list here because in my category for what I like to call music to your ears is maybe, and I do have this, I absolutely do have this. This is my, maybe my favorite purchase that I've made in a very, very long time. The Cali audio LP six studio monitors. Now these are, these are six and a half inch speakers. All right. Uh, you know, the woofer is a six and a half inch woofer. These are about $149 each on Amazon. So, you know, you're looking at just under $300 for the pair. And I swear these things like my ears are just so in love with the audio from these speakers. Now they are huge. They're there. These are studio monitors. So these aren't your typical, you know, little, uh, Logitech game, you know, uh, speakers that you might put like underneath your monitor or whatever, you know, the, these are, these require some setup and plus, you know, but you'll want to have them properly angled, you know, at your ear and whatnot, but they're just, they sound so amazing. And Cali did such a wonderful thing. They made it so super easy to set up because on the back of the box, there's a bunch of dip switches and depending on, where you have the speaker located physically within the room, proximity to walls. And if it's like sitting on a desk or whatever, they're like flip this switch to there, that switch to there, that switch to there, whatever you need to do. And it, the speaker is configured for that room and they're just gorgeous. I, I play my guitar through them. I play video games through them. I use them when I'm on my calls. I, I use them for that. Like, these speakers, like, I, if I could snuggle with them, I probably would. They're so, so super awesome. So that's Cali with a K, like picture Cali as in California, but uh, with a K, and it's because they're from California. And in fact, the LP um, stands for Lone Pine because that was like a California reference to, uh, um, I don't think it was the name of park. I think it was just the, a type of tree that's like, uh, you know, native to California or something, but anyway, they are gorgeous. Uh, they sound amazing. And I'm going to give you several, uh, um, honorable mentions in this category though, because you know, your taste may vary. And like between the three of us, we all went and listened to different ones and we had a variety of different, uh, tastes that we walked away with. So there's the KRK, uh, RP five rocket G four studio monitors, which are $189 each the Yamaha HS sevens. And I put here in the lit in my notes here, specifically the HS seven eyes, which, uh, you can get for three eighty each. So those are the most expensive on this list, but there's two things that I liked about one is the Yamaha's, uh, the HS seven eyes have mounting points on the top sides and bottom of it. So you could like, uh, you have a lot of mounting options on it. Like that's rare. Most of these studio monitors, you can't hang from a wall or, or on a pole or anything like that at all. But the HS sevens, you have a truckload of options, but the, the mount that you need for it, it's not a standard mount. It's a Yamaha specific mount and it is kind of pricey for what it is. But, um, then there's the Atom audio, uh, T five V's, and the JBL uh, 305 
PMK2s. So the the Atom audios were $200 each and the JBLs were 155 each and really you know I went and listened to them in a proper like sound uh room that was set up at a, lo- a local guitar center. They had it like a specific room set up for just that and I say proper cuz there were some like choices that they had made uh like you know where they had placed the placement of some of the speakers, but you know, what are they going to do? They, they had a lot of speakers to sell. So they, they did it as best as they could have uh, for the different, for as many options that they gave you. But I, I, I went in there expecting to buy the KRKs and I left with the Callies uh, because I just was so blown away by how they sound. So yeah, fun, fun uh, point. You mentioned LP earlier. Did you know that KRK is owned by Gibson? Huh, no. Yeah, I didn't either. I just found that out recently. So, uh, and I should say, you know, famous, they, they make Les Pauls, the famous type of guitar. So, yeah, sorry for that. Inside those baseball. are no slouches either, right? Those KRKs, KRKs sound amazing. Um, for the yeah, price, yeah, the, the Callies are just crazy good value for the price and they they're so musical sounding so yeah they when they were introduced in uh 2019 or 18 i forget they they the 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 guys that made them introduced them at like one of the um oh god what's the uh the, the expo for the media like rocky oh, mountain Audio. nam nam yeah they they introduced it at like nam and it was like the, uh, you know, the star of the of the the conference that year when they introduced it. Uh, everybody, you know, walked away loving these. Um, so, and the reason why I say like that was like building up to the climax, right? So, like when I was talking about those roads, like the one thing that is kind of nice about either having the road or the zoom available to you is that. From either of those devices, you can go out from the device as a like a TRS, like a, a, a what is it, the eight inch, eight inch, um, like a guitar cable. Uh, yep. that they would use you could use that quarter. out into the oh, quarter inch, uh, into the back of the speaker, or you could use XLR. So depending on like what your device is, uh, you know, you have those two options. You could also do RCA cables into like the Callies, for example, but, uh, they tell you like, Hey, you're going to be limited in like what you're going to be able to do. Like, you know, your best connection is going to be the XLR because it's going to be the balance. The then next down from that would be the guitar and then, uh, the quarter inch and then lower that would be the RCA. Um, but now this one, this one I haven't bought yet. Yet, being the operative word, I'm super, 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 super. I think I'm going to go ahead and do this. I think I might pull this trigger and get the Cali 12 inch sub to go with it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll see if I get the sub too. The, yeah, tempting. The sub is $5.99. And this is uh, the only Amazon link that, uh, this is the only link that I couldn't find on Amazon. Because Amazon technically does say, that, like, Cali has a store, you can find it on there. But there's like a product thing weird. It's weird. Like the pictures don't match up, but some of the description does. And so rather than confuse anybody about what I'm talking about um, by giving an affiliate link to Amazon, I just thought, you know what? Here's the link to Sweetwater. It's the same price everywhere. Um, and, you know, 
it'll it'll do. But the thing is, then the way that what wiring would work is you would wire into the sub first, and then from the sub you'd come back out to the satellite speakers, right? Uh, and again, with the way Cali has it set up, there's like dip switches on the back to be like, hey, where are you going to place this thing, and what kind of speaker are you going to connect it to? You're going to because they because Cali makes a couple of different varieties. And by the way, these sixes are the uh, or actually six and a half are the smallest ones. So I got to love that. Like there's a little bit like the audio file of me is like, ah, or, or not even audio file, like the, you know, loud bassy guys like, ah, I just love that. The smallest one that they have is still gigantic for my desk. Um, I mean, on, on this subwoofer, the crazy part about this thing is you'd think, Hey man, that's kind of crazy. Five ninety nine for something that you're using for this. This thing has a thousand Watts of power, which <laughs> is insane already for a little um you know monitor sub but what's even more impressive is this thing has a range between 23 and 160 hertz which beats a lot of home theater type yeah, how low how low did you say 23 oh that's crazy yeah that's I really low that. and it's max spls dude are 123 decibels i know right it's amazing and you could support eight of the um, uh, one of one of their lines of speakers is the IN eight. You can support eight of those, from what I recall reading. That's crazy. Off, I the, mean, off that one hundred and twenty three. I mean, that's like a jet. It's like, it's crazy <laughs> like a drum kit. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and if bass. you can actually put out clean bass at that kind of SPL at that low frequency, that's unreal. And, and it's, and you might be thinking like, well, outlaw, you'd be crazy. Like that thing is going to be over much. That's too much for your desk. You read their descriptions. It's actually made to be put under a desk. I mean, I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear how clean it is because that's, that's shocking. They, they do, they do have, uh, like it does have like proper, like handles on the side of it. Like what you might do for like your, your, um, musical gear, you know? If you're, if you're any kind of musician, but, uh, they do say like you could take it on stage or, or you can put it under your desk. You know, they, they have it configured for either. And, you know, so yeah, so I, I'm strong in considering that now, now here's something that I wanted to throw this in there because I thought, well, you know, for a lot of people, maybe they want the speakers, but they don't want, um, to buy a zoom or a, a roadcaster. Cause that's a big expense, especially if you're not doing any kind of like content production or whatever, or maybe you're not on calls. And so I get it. Right. And so in that case, what I found, and now this is, I haven't tried this, so I can't speak to how well it works. Okay. But it seemed to have some good reviews. I found this thing from Palmer audio and it is, uh, they really intended it to be like, an option to where you could have like a single device to do muting and have single uh, volume control. So you have like a, a dedicated piece of hardware that is the volume control, right? But it takes just your regular three and a half millimeter audio as one of the inputs or, you know, and it can be one of the inputs. It also has like XLR uh, and as well as a quarter inch, but then you could go from your, at least from what I was reading, you could go three and a half millimeter from your computer into that and then XLR out of that into the Callies, for example. 
And so like, you know, for $65, if you didn't want to have, if you didn't have a need for the Rodecaster or the Zoom P8, then, you know, that seemed like a reasonable alternative. Now, there's also another alternative here too that I thought I'd throw in as an honorable mention, which is the Focusrite Scarlet uh, 2i2. So you could do a similar kind of thing here, but except instead of uh, three and a half millimeter audio, you'd be going in USB to it, but you could accomplish the same type of thing. Now that, that one is $170 and it's, this isn't really its intended purpose, but I was just trying to think like outside of the box, like, well, what if you don't want to buy a roadcaster? You know, what if you don't want to spend $600 on a roadcaster, but you do want some like proper studio monitors, like how could you get around it? So there might be other options out there. Um, you know, I, I didn't go too wild looking into like how, how you might be able to do that. I mean, obviously you could probably like get a, a, a different kind of mixer that might be able to take like a USB input into it and then have that as an option to go back out. Um, but you know, some of the mixers, you know, depending on how crazy you get, you can get back up into there and the price of the focus, right. And, and the issue there though might be desk space. So both the Palmer and the focus, right. These are, these are pretty compact devices for what you're, you know, if, if your only goal was like, I want the studio monitors connected to my computer, how do I do that? Then these are, these are small, but instead of like buying a giant mixer, right? Okay. So I should be a roughly $35 away from the, from the, uh, cap. If I were to, uh, what am I at right now? Let's see. Yeah, you're correct. $35 and 55 cents. Yeah. Here we go. You ready? So for the, uh, the ultimate here, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of options. And in fact, I'm just going to throw these all out at one time. So I, I got a whole bunch of options, uh, of honorable mentions along with the choice. But, you know, we live in this new world where, uh, you know, because of the pandemic, everybody's working from home and, you know, you gotta, you gotta treat yourself, right? Treat yourself. And, and, you know, decorate your house. Now that said, I will, in fairness, uh, when it comes to like decorating a house, I'm probably not your best, you know, choice to turn to. I mean, uh, I've seen the way Alan and Joe decorate. They are far better. Like you walk into their houses and you're like, wow, did you guys hire like a professional interior direct decorator? And like, no, I just went to the store and found some stuff I liked. And I'm like, whoa. I would have never, but this is where I up my decor game. You ready? So there are a whole bunch of, uh, you know, keeping with keeping in true fashion of, I like the funnies. And I think that, I think that everybody could say I have a good sense of humor and I appreciate a good joke. And so, um, my favorite pick here is imagine you walk into your friend's house and you're like, Hey man, I need to use your restroom. Can I go use your restroom real quick? And they're like, yeah, sure. No worries. It's down the hall. And you walk in there and they're hanging on a wall. 24 by 36 inch picture is a picture of, uh, Oh shoot. I forgot his the actor's name now. Uh, I can't think of it either. Steve. Oh shoot. No, uh, Daniel, uh, Oh, come on. You look it up. I'm looking. But, but we all know that scene 
from Dumb and Dumber, where uh, what was Jeff it? Daniels Jeff Daniels needs to use the restroom while he's on his date, right? And it was a really, I'm going to call it a really explosive moment in the movie. <laughs> if you recall the scene I'm talking about. So imagine you go into your friend's house and you see this big picture greeting you as you are doing your business, right? That's kind of funny. Let's, <laughs> can we admit it? That's pretty funny. So all of these are $35 to round out my list, but they are, they're basically, Pictures of like comical bathroom scenes. Whoa, what are you doing, dude? Why'd you do that? I was filling in prices for you. I already uh, did that. They're to the left. Um, yeah, but it didn't sum correctly. Well, not for Sorry. the inside are, baseball. These are honorable mentions, so they, um, they are part of the list. Yeah, yeah. Let's so, let's call this out real that. quick, though. So Outlaw cheated. He, he said that that we went over. But he's got like honorable mentions for all of his things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, yeah, because so, I'm I'm good like that. So, he totally went over. <laughs> so the, um, you know, fame, like there's a whole bunch of them, right? Like I, there's, there's more than I even found, but here's the ones that I found. So if you're familiar with the big Lebowski, there's that scene, Pulp Fiction with John Travolta before uh, he meets his maker. There's that scene. There's Friday. Do you remember that? Come on in here, boy. Remember that scene? Like, I'm going there for 30, 45 minutes. I've been, I've been smelling yours for 18 years. You can smell mine for five minutes. Like, there's so many funnies, man. I swear, it's hilarious. In the Friday one, by the way, there were several great ones of that, of that view. It was so good. There was one with, like, Ice Cube, like, kind of holding his nose, like, uh, with his arms crossed and holding his nose, like, looking with a frown on his face. It was so funny. And then uh, there's one with, like, both both actors. And then I can't remember the the – actor that played the father but there's one scene with like him trying to like you know he's grunting like you know uh just hilarious and then there was one of uh from jurassic park the first jurassic park where like the building had been torn away and the lawyer was sitting on the toilet uh right as the t-rex is coming there was Dennis Nedry. yeah there was another one of uh from bridesmaids where uh do you remember the scene where melissa mccarthy had to uh was in a rush and uh you know only the sink was available and then and then to round it out if you remember from something about mary the frank and bean scene they're so funny i was like we all need a little bit of humor and you know what potty humor is the is the funniest thing ever let's just let's just (laughs) let's just say it we can all admit to it right like that's not up for debate. Uh, <laughs> so that rounds up my list. You get a C minus for decoration. <laughs> oh, come on. It's funny. It's funny though. I get, I get a plus. Come on. <laughs> you know, that choice is that choice. That's a solid pick right there. Uh, I mean, uh, but, but I am going to say again, you sir did blow your budget. What? You no. can't have an honorable mention for everything on there and then act like you didn't go over budget. No, the the things that I the things that I picked for me were uh, were within the the budget. But but you know, I'm I called out other things and I'm like, well, other people might, you know, would say like, well, 
you know, this would be the better one or whatever, you know? So I, I think you came in like a few cents under if, if we're going with that, that's a, yes. I, yeah. I think it, I'll allow it. It was uh yeah, 56 cents. So, you know, back in the eighties, I'd have enough money to get a Coke and still have some change. <laughs> right. Not now. Yeah. So, uh, I think the only resources would be, uh, Amazon. Uh, but, so there'll be a bunch of links to Amazon and other places in this one. But with that, we head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week. All right. And uh, I have a tip for you. Um, if you go to vscode.dev, just try it now. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about um, GitHub. You can go and push period on a, a what's call it, a repo. And yep. you have to be logged in, I think. And it popped up in VS Code. Well, why don't I just pop up in VS Code? So, uh, yeah, this is what it looks like. It's literally VS Code running in a website. And you can install uh, extensions. They're working on supporting more. Not all of them work uh, right now. Of course, you know, there's a lot, you know, a lot of things that require server-side support. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's literally VS Code and a website. So, yeah, don't even bother installing them. We're just use the website. That's crazy. So yep. good. Where does it say? What's it? I assume this is a Microsoft site. Yeah. I assume so. Yep. I would think so. <laughs> I saw it on their blog. That's where I originally got the tip from. It's tightly integrated with GitHub. So, yeah. Oh, it is yeah. saving it to GitHub. Okay. Cause that's what I wanted well, to know. I click open folder and it opens my computer, my local computer. No, it doesn't. It sure does. Mine oh does my it. God, it did. Oh, your current browser doesn't. Okay. So I'm using a browser that it doesn't like for that. Ah. Yeah. It absolutely. How does that work? Okay, so yeah. if I point this thing to a real browser, or oh, I guess it's going to like upload everything to GitHub. Then it would upload whatever folder you pick. Uh, I don't know. I think um. So when I picked a folder, it said, uh, "Hey, do you want to give your permission to your browser to access these files?" And I said, "Yes, yes, I do." Well, that's pretty neat. And uh, shortcuts work too. Try the command P or whatever. I'll be yeah. If I yeah. go to and installing extensions, I was like, "How's that going to work?" But uh, yeah, it's a limited amount. But if you look um. And we think about it, most extensions that you install are, you know, client side. So things like, uh, IntelliSense, like we want to get, like I'm installing a, the Python, uh, uh, what you call it, extension right now. It's, it does say it has limited functionality. Um, uh, so there are some things that doesn't work. So probably like a debugger, you know, stuff like that. Maybe you might have a problem with, but the IntelliSense, all, all that kind of normal jazz you're used to uh, is all fine. That is absolutely crazy. Sure enough. And this is why the Chromebook is not a bad option, Alan. yeah i mean honestly this is when things like this become the norm then yeah then chromebooks and thin clients are going to be viable right that's pretty nice we talked about you know video games too uh, earlier where you just click play and you're playing you're streaming it yeah Uh, that's interesting it's you know wasteful like (laughs) you know you're uh or maybe i don't know you're seeing a lot of traffic over the internet but all right. Well, for mine, uh, I wanted to point out that uh, we've talked about the beauty of Scaffold before, but I don't know that we've talked about with the command line interface that uh, you can make your life even easier with environment bar- variables. So uh, one of our buddies that we work with pointed out to me that you, know, you could set up some environment variables with Scaffold and then it would just automatically uh, assume that. Um, so for example, the, the, your, your 
kube context. Rather than specifying it on the command line, every time instead of typing in dash dash kube dash context, you it would uh, just pick up the environment variable and you could let that be your default. And you can, if you needed to override it, then you still can in during those times. But there's things like that. You could set up port forwarding, for example. There's a whole truckload of options. So I'll have a link to the a very, the um, various environment variables that the scaffold command line supports that you can use. You know, there's, um, easier. there's also a little bit of support for environment variables in uh, a few of the other um, basically custom. Like, so this is like, you know, some variables that you have to set that like it looks for, but uh, there is limited support for custom environment variables. So if like you wanted to like have a, like a set values in a set in a, what's called chart, you can actually do some limited templating where it's like, Oh, like uh, for your curly bracket, chart? curly bracket. Yep. So, so if you wanted to like use your computer name or something in there, you could do that. I got you. Huh. I did. But it's only in that. certain, certain areas. I think it's like set values or not set values, set files. Well, one of the few places you can do it. It's interesting. This link that I'm going to, uh, I'll give, they talk about, um, there's the global environment variables, but then they have environment variables for the specific, uh, areas too. So like yep. for the scaffold build process, like what you're talking about, where it might need to do uh, the, you know, render a helm chart, if you had any kind of templating in it, like maybe that's where that section is. Yeah. So the thing I'm talking about is um, for specifically your deployments, like if you say like you want to pass a variable and do uh, three nodes instead of, you know, two or three replicas instead of two replicas. Oh, I see. And uh, that's where you can kind of do stuff like that, where it's not necessarily, you know, available for that command, but it's whatever you want it to be. But I only know how to do it for Helm. I assume other things work too, but uh, Helm is what I'm, the only one I've tried it for. Very cool. I'm still playing around with the uh, VS code.dev. That's like, nice. You can install extensions up here. Like it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. All right. So, um, mine, because we just got done with the Atlantic code camp, one thing that, and I know we've all experienced this when we've gone to conferences or talks or whatever, if people are using themes in their browsers or IDEs, that are dark themes, they don't work well when you're presenting to a group. It just doesn't show well. The contrast of projectors typically don't get that in a, in a well-lit room. And on my talk, I was showing some Kubernetes stuff and, you know, we've talked about our love of canines on here. Well, the default canines theme is dark, right? Like it's, it's very much a command line type thing. Well, they have one called Solarized Light that if it's something you need other people to be able to see, this is actually a really good theme. And I think Outlaw had mentioned in a previous episode that, you know, one of the things that he liked about canines was the fact that you could do skins and all that. Well, when I was looking for a theme for this, one thing that I found really awesome about this is if you go to the directory where it has your your skin for canines if you paste in the new configuration for it and just hit save it auto updates the interface so if you have canines running if you modify the skin it i it identifies that it changed and it shows it to you immediately so it was really easy to kind of cycle through these things and find one that worked and this solarized light one that we'll have a link for in the show notes worked extremely well for showing to an audience 
you know, when you're, when you're doing this in front of, in front of a group of people. So, uh, thought I'd call that one out. It was a good one. Well, that's, right. is that it? Yeah. I think it's- yeah. Sorry. I, uh, oh, so it's a little short. I, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Where are the other 85 tips that Alan usually has caught me yeah. off guard there? Yeah, man. Um, it's like it, when you get on a long road trip and you finally get there and you're like, huh? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, with that, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, more using your favorite podcast app. Uh, like I said before, we would greatly appreciate it if you would take time out of your busy day to head to www.codingblocks.net slash review. Yep. And while you're up there, make sure you check out our show notes. And this one, this one will be very link heavy, some pictures and all that. And we have all kinds of show notes, examples, discussions, and more. And hey, if you have any feedback, join our Slack channel. Um, you know, we'll be happy to talk to you over there. And there are lots of other awesome people up there. So you can go there by, you can go and join by going to codingblocks.net slash Slack. Yeah, and make sure to follow us on Twitter and our DMs are open. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can head over to codingblocks.net and find all our social links at the top of the page.